seven years in McNeil. Yeah. McNeil's no country club. You looking to become a penologist? You looking to go back? I chased down crews. The guys are just looking to go back. You must have worked some pretty bad off crews. I worked all kinds. You see me doing thrill-seeker liquor store hold-ups with a born-to-lose tattoo on my chest? No. Right. And I... I am never going back. Don't take down scores. That's my job. I do what I do best. Take down scores. You do what you do best trying to stop guys like me. End the story. You know, whatever happened to a normal type life? You ever thought of that? Family breakfasts and barbecues? Kids on Sunday afternoons? That life? That's nice. Is that your life? At this moment in time, no. My life is more like a disaster area. I got a great woman I'm truly in love with, but I'm probably losing her because I spent all my time chasing guys like you around the block. So right now I'm alone. Then where's all the good stuff? I don't know. What are you, a monk? No. I got a woman. What do you tell her? I tell her I sell swimming pools. And live a life so there's nothing in it you can't walk away from in 10 seconds flat. Yeah. So what if you spot me around the corner? You can do what you're supposed to, just walk away, not even say goodbye. That's a discipline. seem to be recording. I've got a countdown here. It's been a lot of just uh, problems with uh, this this technology lately when it comes to recording this podcast. It's three. Are, are we even going to address that it's not the three hundred episode? Three hundred, two hundred episode. What you couldn't you couldn't come up with anything? Just two hundred in, in the title. We're just going to cheat it. I mean, I watched I watched three hundred oh, like we talked about. That's. Uh, <laughs> Unfortunate for you because uh, I refuse to discuss such a boring, shitty, shitty huh. movie. That was just a lot of wasted time on your end, probably. So what happened there? I'm so confused. Abs are nice in that movie, though, right? Oh, those guys—they they oh. found guys. They found guys with like really great abs. What do you think the casting procedure was like when they were trying to put that thing together? A lot like one of them uh, Uber Eats commercials yeah. with Elton John Just and like Lil Nas X. A lot of guys with eating disorders doing crunches like in the waiting room before they before they went in there to, to read. Hopefully. Hopefully. You know. I oh, preferred fortunate what we're doing to our I preferred our the people uh, out there. I preferred the three hundred spoof movie that mm, I watched. What was that called again? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember it existed though. Yeah. It had that one guy from that show. Mm. That was on Comedy Central Did it, though? for two days. Because I, I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. I've got no clue what the fuck you're so, talking about. He's a comedian guy. I don't know if he's a comedian. He might just be an actor. He's a he's a funny man. John Leguizamo, I no. think, is who you're probably no, thinking I, of. I, I know House of Bugging. Funniest guy I can think of. 
He's good. One of the premier comedians of our time, from what I remember. Oh, write down uh, when we do our Just for Laughs next month. Uh-huh. Let's make sure we work the pest in there. I think there's enough action. Oh, okay, yeah. There's there's enough action in there. What's that movie about again? A what? guy who's John Leguizamo, he's a pest, yeah. To whom? Others, mostly. <laughs> no, that sounds terrible yeah. to everybody involved. And he's the main character? He's... The protagonist of this story? Yeah. He uh, was a pest to everyone around him. More like an antagonist. Mm. He uh, like ant like a, like the bug? No, ant what? like the homosexual correspondent on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Is that a thing? I'm just going to keep naming as many TV references as I can. Yeah. That you just, you have no idea. You watch a lot of bad TV. This is one of the Matt's classic fever dreams or you know is he talking about real how stuff would i know how would i ever know i will say you do give me benefit of the doubt nine times out of ten yeah that's right yeah, it's because so. usually depressingly you're talking about things that are actually real yeah it's baby blow. okay yeah speaking of depressing it, you know it's, it's uh three two two hundred episodes in not three. 200 episodes. Feels like, two, feels like How three. How long do you think podcasting has even been a thing? Nobody's gotten to 300 episodes yet. That's, that's just not a thing that exists. I don't think so. I think that Bruce Conrad, or Bruce a, Conrad, Bruce Conrad and... Uh, have the, the people from the Guinness book and, here. And Pritchard Thompson. 300th episodes. They're almost at 300. It couldn't be true. It yeah. couldn't possibly be true. Uh, they got a lot of filler episodes, so we don't do filler around here. No, no, it's all... No. Uh, Full the diesel. Crust. All the crust. All no crust. Filler. No know. crust cut off Doesn't here. Doesn't sound great. Yeah. Classic diagonal cut. Crust still on. Oh, That's we'll, what this podcast is. Love to do is. a diagonal cut. It looks so much classier. Yeah. Than a right down the middle cut. I don't yeah. want that. That's like a working yeah. man's sandwich. That's like, oh, my kid has ADD. Yeah. And I don't trust him to not drop a full sandwich. Diagonal cut makes me feel like I'm on vacation. Like, yeah. what is this? France? Like, right. How did I get such a fancy sandwich? And plus, with that diagonal cut, it really helps with uh, avoiding mouth cuts with toasted bread mm. when you're at like mm, a fine sure, diner sure. or yeah. restaurant. Mm-hmm. I can see that, that toast, for sure, yeah. That toast will cut. I had a nice peanut butter and jelly diagonal cut last night mm. right before I went to bed because I realized nice. I had only drinking booze for hours and hours and had nothing in my stomach. Also nice. And was just not going to be able to go to sleep mm. full of nothing but poison. It treated wow. me well. Yeah. It was, yeah. I think a good move on my part. Well, you know, I would have just kept drinking if I were you. Mm. Wait till the uh, blood poisoning happens. This was, the sun was coming up, Matt. Oh. We had to make moves. Yeah. We had, we had to make moves at this point. Yeah. Executive decision time, you 100%. know? 100%. Yeah. Good yeah. film, by the way. Not yeah. what we're talking about this week. No. But, you know, no. someday. Someday, probably. We're talking about something because it's baby on blow and action stravaganza. Shoot them up, blow them up. Especially this week. Kiss your titties goodbye. Big round number anniversary. Yeah, it's 200 episodes of baby oil and blow. Are we going to do it? You got it? Let's call it up. Okay, cool. Thank God. Got a little winded. Thank God we got it in. Holding that out. I saw you working your thumbs pretty hard yeah. you were trying to yeah. switch over to that soundboard. It's episode. a heavy horn, Yeah, it's, that air horn. It's a, you're heavy-handed with that horn, too. So no. All these things are coming together. No, I'm not. Matt, we've uh, moved on into November, so yeah. that means that uh, Halloween has passed us. Yeah. It's the big day we've been building up to. Uh, right. All month, we were watching all those horror movies and whatnot. We were. Talking about spooky stuff and... 
who I got to say every year, I'm just shocked all over again at the, the mm. degenerating, uh, just, just, uh, status of Halloween as a, as a, as a holiday for children. Oh, just, uh, trick or treating man every yeah. year. It's just looking more and more depressing. Oh, so I was outside with a case of beer, right? Buckets of candy, just, right. uh, watching horror movies on my porch, ready yeah. to regale everybody with all the candy they wanted. Sure. And, man, it was sparse. It was sparse. Every 10 minutes, there'd be a group coming by. Oh. These kids, they don't even knock on doors anymore. They just only go to, to houses where people are, like, outside with a big, like, tent and yeah. bonfire and a welcoming thing. It's, it's the, the whole spirit of the thing where you're intruding on people and forcing them to yeah. give you uh, free food is... I feel like almost out the window at this point. Wow. And nary, nary a group of kids without parental supervision. Didn't see one. Not not a single group of kids oh. without parental supervision. Everybody had their lame fucking parents just walking along slowly behind them. So just, those beers go pretty quick then? No, absolutely not. What? Just uh, uh, our friend Ashley on the next street and her dad are the only people who took beers from me. Good peoples. I was just, yeah, they're, yeah. they're great. They, they were very appreciative that I had beers. Yeah. Even Doug, that scumbag who lives across the street, yeah. was like, oh, I've got my kids here. I can't be drinking beers. And I was like, what are you Says talking who? about? All you're doing is walking down the sidewalk. Yeah. You can't have a beer in your hand? Is this... Is this no longer America? Yeah. What, what What is happening here to Halloween? Like, do those people not ride on jet skis with their kids? I don't know. Like, you got to get tanked up before you do people that. People are just seeing boogeymen, like, around every I corner now. That's there weird. was more weird kidnappers and molesters back in the 80s than there oh, is sure. now, and we were running wild in these these very streets. The, we, the sidewalks were packed. We had... Uh, Poor kids would be bust into this neighborhood because it's so dense just so they could run around and get all the free candy they wanted. Yeah, we had the uh, Humpty or Homie the Clown murderer. Oh, I remember. You know? Yeah, that... that uh, there was one... The, the year of the shotgun killer who sure. was riding around in like a white vehicle of some sort yeah. killing people with shotguns. Nobody cared. No, these Police were, were all... like, don't let your kids out on the street. There's a shotgun murder. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> it's a fucking trick or treat time, man. These were all we're true stories because we had no internet to cross Yeah, it's a, I, 90% of 70% of the time, I was yeah. sure that all this stuff was true. It's, it seemed like it probably was. We'd get a like little newsletter sent home from school every once mm-hmm. in a while, like warning parents, like, watch out. Uh, this Satanists thing, are out there. These temporary They're tattoos, Dungeons and Dragons, are really just sheets of acid. Yo, yeah, oh, that's. The, did you ever get those? No, notes? but I yeah did. The, the new thing of that is like a oh beware, parents. There's now edible marijuana candies yeah. that can look like a normal candy, and your kids might get like high as fuck and not be super annoying for a few minutes yeah. if they happen to eat one. Booga booga booga. Yeah. What's everybody so scared of? Is Your kids might be complaining about how great their bodies feel and how ready for bed they are. What a disaster that would be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. They ate some sort of dosed sweet tart, yeah. and now they're all oh. conked out in the living room. My life, no my life sucks. This, yeah. this is terrible. Uh, oh, hey, uh, I'm one half your host. I am Matto with me, as always. How you doing? You are the... You can be the Nas X to my Elton John. You okay. are Nate Adams. Ahoy, hoy, everybody. Um, I know who Nas X is. So okay. you're not, uh, Lil Nas X? Yeah, you're not You're not completely s- s- fucking snow-blowing me with that no. one. No. Not, not getting buried under with that one. He's not that, yet. 
He's that dancing gay cowboy man who That's does you. rap music. That's you to a yeah. T. Exactly what's going on these days. Everybody's people ask me about you all the time. Everybody's out there. You is. They've all got some sort of new identity. That's something I never even heard of. That's kind of fun. Yeah, I want want more people being dancing. People are too gay, rapping cowboys, and uh, less people just being afraid of things that don't really exist out there on the streets. Grab a beer if you're gonna take your kid trick or treating. Take the edge off. Also, stay home and drink beer because kids can trick or treat fine in the neighborhood without any parental supervision. What's going to happen to them? Nobody wants to take your kids. No. Kids are the worst. Everybody yeah. hates kids. Yeah. That's why everybody's like, oh, I like to be an aunt or an uncle because, you know, you do kids for a second and then just hand them right back when you don't want them anymore. Yeah, that's fun. Like, that's why that's a thing. No one's ever like, man, wish I could keep these kids forever. No, no. Like, if you met parents? Yeah, they're miserable. Oh, in general, just that's why I had a case of beer out on the yeah. porch. They're probably going to want to drink some beer. Turns you, out, no, they're insistent on being miserable. You know why they're always telling you about their kids? Because they're trying to convince themselves they don't hate their lives. Now they're going to spend the next three or four weeks just arguing about Thanksgiving dinner plans oh, and yeah. the particulars of it Absolutely. because everybody's just insistent on being fucking miserable, especially this time of the year. You call it stuffing or dressing? Hmm. I guess it depends on if it's coming out of the bird or if it's been prepared in some sort of casserole pan. I oh, yeah? You'd call it, yeah. You'd call it stuffing if it was cooked in the bird and dressing if it was uh, cooked separately, huh. I think. That's th- uh, that's my stance on I'm the issue. Cross the board stuffing. Cross the board stuffing? Yeah. I'm just, I just call it stovetop. Oh, I've got, fuck yeah. Got a loyalty. Where's the stovetop? Oh, Who brought the so stovetop this year? So good. If you guys want to congratulate us on our 200th episode of uh, Baby on Send Blow, us some stovetop yeah, in the mail. Cans of stovetop to uh, nateshouse.org. That sounds great, yeah. I'd, I'd eat that. Whitehouse.com. Buy some jars of gravy and pour it over some stovetop. That's all I need. Yeah. Brown gravy or white gravy? Oh, I'm not pouring white gravy over it. I never even thought of that. That's yeah. that's what you pour over or the biscuits. yellow, the yellow gravy, the yellow you know, gravy. You know, y- gravy can be yellow. Yeah, I guess I kind of remember uh, elementary school lunches that give us some yellow gravy poured yeah. over things, and be like, I don't know what this is made out of. I'm brown. What's this you're feeding us? And yeah, I'm brown gravy or GTFO uh, public school system. I uh, yeah. I mean, brown gravy is nice, but you're talking about like a a, a, a breakfast meal. You want that uh, that buttermilk. Uh, gravy to put over some biscuits i miss i misspoke yeah stuff stuff made out of just flour and sausage grease that's maybe the least healthy thing on the planet but oh boy if it's turkey i need the brown gravy man Turkey and brown gravy. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. I don't I'm like that yellow gravy. That yellow gravy cream, creeps me We're out. We're not here to talk about uh, I am. fucking meals, though. Uh, no, I am. We're, we're, we're here to talk about action movies. Well, I thought we were going to talk about our favorite 200 meals in honor of the show. Mm, no, 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 no. We were supposed to talk about Bicentennial Man. But we're not talking about Bicentennial Man. Some, we're not talking about 300. Some blowback when we put that out there. Nothing. A lot of people not were doing anything I when they were do. saying that... Uh, Oh, podcast this is action sucks. movie podcast can't be talking about culinary matters. Can't be talking about Robin uh, Williams melodramas. That movie's so good, Oliver Platt. We're, we're pivoting. We're we're pivoting, Matt, and we're okay, right. we're moving into a uh, prestige drama season when it comes to uh, movie releases, or at least we should be I mean, if, if it's a normal year. Yeah. We haven't had a normal year for a couple years. No, I think some things are coming out. Okay. 
We got that P.T. Anderson movie coming out. We got that Wes Anderson movie already coming out. Some of these oh, prestige uh, Morbius is coming out. Yeah, are starting to drop these uh, Oscar bait films like Morbius. Yeah, I got a a little bit of a With Jared Leto uh, invite uh, through the email to uh, a screening of that that Morbius. If you want to yeah. do it, so yeah, I'll, I do. Let's set go that your way. You can go. You can go check that movie out and see how it I'm goes. I'm only going with you. Oh yeah, definitely won't be there. Oh. But Matt, I yeah. thought for our new uh, our new uh, thing here for yeah. the month for November, why don't we why don't we pivot in that direction and okay. do prestige dramas all all month long? That's why we're starting with the prestige. That's why we're calling ourselves the Drama Kings uh, oh, for this month. We're gonna, we're gonna be the Drama Kings right here. Yeah. We're gonna be talking about action movies that are also prestige dramas. Let's, mm. uh, why don't we get into our first one? A movie. We deemed big enough to uh, be a movie to talk about on our 200th fucking anniversary extravaganza episode. Because it's three or 300 minutes. Uh, th- oh, no, 200. I think we're 200 the movie episode. has lasted 300 minutes. Yeah. This podcast, if it's any indication of how long we usually go, might be like 900 minutes. We, gotta, we might have to move this fucking thing yeah. along. It's gonna we be got a, a lot five, of movie to talk about. It's going to be a five-parter. <laughs> Let's get into the rundown here. Uh, the rundown this week is brought to us by Cheap Diner Coffee. Yeah. So if there's anything watching this movie made me think about, it was uh, hanging out in Cheap Diners. Yeah. So they do in like every other scene and... I was thinking, it's been a long time since I've uh, just like sat at a counter and uh, pounded some just like watered down diner coffee. It's you want to make our return? I miss to round the clock. I think I think we might have to soon. I was thinking about it and I was like, there's really no diners that I'm aware of within like walking distance of the Baby One Blow Studios. No, they're like comfortable to hang around in, like 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 the people in this movie do, where you're just sitting around, like because you got nowhere else in the world to be, so you're just. Everything's like a like a like a sit down family type diner thing. Where's where's all the scumbag diners yeah. around here? We got, I think we gotta make that trek out to the round the clock like we did back in the the salad back days. in the, the good old days. Yeah, back back before we were uh, too drunk all the time to actually get in a car and go somewhere. So Simpler everything time. had to be within walking distance. We used to drive hours, living my life, just to hang out because we were sober. Oh God! Different times, man. Different times. Uh, let's not live in the past. Let's no. live in the future. Yeah. Let's Woo! talk about our movie of the week. The rundown is of 1995's Heat. Yeah. This is a prestige drama. So it of is. course it's going to have an unbelievably long runtime. Because if you're going to make a serious movie, people need to take seriously. You need to make it as long as possible. It seems to be an unwritten rule. Nine, 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 nine thousand minutes. This is a, a film with a runtime of 170 minutes. That was close. 10 shy of three hours. That's my favorite MTV <laughs> show. 170 yeah, minutes. Matt Pinfield, uh, director. No, no, no. It's, Matt Pinfield's not involved. Did I tell you they're, they're showing uh, just old episodes of that on that MTV classic? MTV Classic sounds like a great little experiment. Yeah. I'd like to get on board with that. It's but, uh, you know, pretty all right. I haven't had cable television in like 12 years at this point. Don't see myself going back to that anytime soon. I'll just give you my Hulu login. Oh, wow. They got MTV Classics on Hulu? Yeah, yeah. So, they got the channels. I already got uh, uh, my boy Homer's Hulu login, so... Maybe I'll download that app. But does he have the, Watch some of that stuff. the channels, though? Oh, I, I don't know. You've got to get the channels, the live TV. Uh, streaming apps are now so confusing that I don't even know the difference between one or the other now. It used to be you just got somebody's password and logged in. I'm pretty sure all my paychecks go to my mortgage, and then mm-hmm. the rest are just streaming just services. streaming services. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Why wouldn't you give those people money? They're, they all seem to be great people, people in charge of those streaming services. Speaking of money, 
Uh, Heat is a film with a budget of $60 million. Michael Mann had some juice at this point. They were giving him a hefty amount of money to make a fucking cops and robbers fucking melodrama here. Yeah. Uh, money was well spent because the gross came back one eighty seven point four million. That's like tripling the fucking budget right there. You Big know, hit in nineteen ninety five, as it turns out. You know why? Uh, good ads. They were like Pacino and De Niro together for the first time. Everybody's dad was boned up Everybody's for this movie. Dad and fucking sons. I was fucking well, yeah. full on boned up for this thing. Sure, can't wait to see these two guys going at it. These guys are two dad movie fucking legends crossing paths, cro- crossing biggest. swords, crossing the streams. Oh, no. Yeah, that doesn't happen. No. It's a little disappointing on that front. Uh, Rotten Tomato score on this thing, 87%. Fresh seems a little low to me. I thought this was more of a beloved film than that. Well, Maybe from 95. The critics, you know, the time snooty for critics might have uh, not, not responded to this one immediately like uh, people view it these days. Yeah. Director of this film is, of course, one of the big prestige directors of his generation, Michael Mann. Michael Mann. This is the guy who uh, made Thief. This is the guy who made Last of the Mohicans. Mm. He made Tom Cruise uh, palatable to people a couple years after he shouldn't have been anymore in Collateral. Collateral. The Insider won a bunch of Oscars, I'm pretty sure. Which one was that? Uh, That was the one where Russell Crowe was like, I'm the Insider, oi. Oh, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. Also, Miami Vice. Everybody loved that Miami yep. Vice movie with uh, your boy. Uh, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell, yeah. Yeah. It's a big one. This guy's, this guy's done a lot of movies people, and are, people are into. And Tubbs. Michael from, Tubbs. Uh, the movie Miami Vice. Yep. Stars of this film, Matt. All of them. Let's talk about the big two. We've already mentioned him. Number one, Al Pacino is in this film. Al Pacino is Lieutenant Vincent Hanna. He's a cop. He's, he's, maybe the, he's maybe the ultimate cop who's ever uh, appeared on screen yeah. in a movie. He's just every cop you've ever seen rolled up into one. This guy is a big legendary actor. He was uh, the character Big Boy Caprice in Dick Tracy. Fuck yeah, he was. how he got his big break. How yeah. Everybody first started knowing him. Uh, he was the character Rooster in Righteous Kill, mm. which I know mm-hmm. everybody loves Righteous mm-hmm. Kill. He was Phil Spector in the TV movie Phil Spector. Yeah, I think is I think did he win his first Oscar for that? I think maybe. Uh, yes, if I'm not that's mistaken. the one. Yeah, of course though can't be fucking uh, forgetting he was Officer Serpico in the movie Serpico. Donka Donka Chino. Donka Chino. Yeah. Well. Other side of the coin, right here, we got Bobby De Niro. Oh, Robert De Niro is yeah. in this movie as Neil McCauley. He's a he's a businessman involved in metals. This guy, he played Dick Kelly in Dirty Grandpa. Oh, to, to much acclaim. Oh, people still clamoring about he, that. He one. took that success and parlayed it into playing the character Patty Connors in Las Vegas, which uh, was a big hit. I I think maybe highest grossing film of that year, if I'm not mistaken. One of my all time favorites. Uh, nobody will ever forget. I think he won six or seven Oscars for this, playing uh, Doctor Wally in the mm. film Marvin's Room. Mm. Go see you. Go, go see, see Marvin's Room. I heard things. You're gonna see. You're I heard things. Go see, see Marvin's Room. We can't play that clip. You're just gonna have to listen to us reenact it because they've better. pulled. They've pulled way, all Alec Baldwin clips from the internet since he murdered those people. Oh, not since all the other things he's done that have been so offensive throughout the years. What, called his daughter a pig? Yeah, killing Who somebody cares? is the line we can't cross anymore. Yeah. Just, this, this society. What can you do? Jesus. 
Uh, Val Kilmer is oh, in he this was, film. Oh, uh, he was he uh, was Wally Fokker in those Fokker movies he, too. He, we met him. We met him as a Fokker in the Fokker's movies. Yeah, yeah. Val Kilmer's playing Chris Shaherless, uh, Macaulay's right hand man, yeah. sort of. Uh, Val Kilmer is the subject of the new documentary Val. He looks hilarious in that. He's is, doing that funny voice. Is that on Hulu? Awesome. How do you watch that? How do you? I can't keep track of how do you, watch, you it? watch things these days through fucking close fingers over your eyeballs. That's yeah. how. Looks like a good terrifying. one. I've been meaning to uh, catch up with that. All about his career and <sighs> his life and what the fuck happened. Uh, of Some course, kind of cancer. You know him from playing Mad Mardigan in Willow. Uh, the man literally became Jim Morrison in the Doors. Should have gave him the Oscar for that one. What were they thinking? That year? Uh, he believably fucked ape women in the island of Dr. Moreau. Just stole that movie out from everyone. Yeah. We saw him as the character Gay Perry in the totally not yeah. offensive film Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> Val Kilmer, a legend in his own right. Just, just right under a Pacino and a De Niro, I think. Just yeah. a baby dick under those guys, maybe. Yes, yeah, yeah. How many of those uh, animal women do you think he fucked in costume? Uh, I think probably a lot of them. Was he fucking animal men in that one too? Was he just like totally off the fucking reservation, bisexual? And, I mean, like, not, pan not the fucking. I don't uh, think species. Ki- well, well, yeah, maybe he I was. Think he might have been. Remember. I think I remember being like, whoa, this is even weirder than I was expecting when I saw that movie as a child. The only thing I remember is the documentary that came out about how batshit insane that movie Speaking about documentaries, yeah, yeah fucking yeah. check that one out. Just good. Speaking about legends, we got a baby Olin Blow legend right mm-hmm. here. Tom Sizemore is in this film. Tommy C. Michael Chirito. He's a veteran robber, former junkie, current family man. We saw him as the character Woolcap in Blue Steel. Mm-hmm. We saw him as Agent Dietz in Point Break. Mm-hmm. Legendarily. Mm-hmm. We saw him as Chance Wilder in Harley Davidson in the fucking Marlboro Man. Oh, he's, he's now a Grand Slam winner here on Big O and Blow. Probably going to talk about him 1,000 more times before this podcast is over. He's maybe the best drug-addicted, woman-abusing actor to ever not get kicked out of the industry entirely. Yeah. Is he still? I always pulled that off. Is he still showing up in anything? That's a good question. I don't know. That's something to bing. Time for a Sizemore renaissance. Sizemore still alive. Sizemore sans. Somebody do a uh, little check-in on him, maybe. Yeah, I'm sure he's good. Danny Trejo is in this film. I think Lindsay Lohan turned into him. Playing the character Trejo. Yeah. Uh, he's another bank robber, yeah. He's, this this guy Trejo. plays himself in every movie. But this yeah. was the one movie that had the balls to just call him by his actual name. Because yeah. I don't think they were confident he'd uh, be good enough to respond to anything else on camera. I like that. was calling him anything other than that. I like that King of the Hill invented a character that looked like Danny Trejo. Mm-hmm, that's right. And then didn't realize that they could get Danny Trejo. Yeah, so they just. He'll do anything. Created another character mm, yeah. for Danny Except Trejo for Danny to Trejo voice. Trejo to do, yeah. <laughs> that also just looked Should've like just Danny, got Trejo. Danny Trejo. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> You know Danny Trejo. He's the guy with all the tattoos and stuff. He's in all these movies. Yeah. I think this was one of his earlier ones because he started off as like a consultant on this because they're like, we need people who were really robbers and really in jail to yeah. tell us how to do things. He did time, brother. You seem to have a good look. Let's put you on camera and see how it yeah. works out. And then he was off and running after this. I like his gravelly voice, you know. Speaking of people who look authentic uh, on screen as criminal scumbags. Who you got? Kevin Gage is in this yeah. film playing the character Wayne Grow. The rage, the unforgettable character Wayne Grow. Everything about the what wild you card just said is crew. amazing. Yeah. 
Wayne Grove. Uh, we saw him as one of the hillbilly assholes in the bar who assaults uh, Nick Cage at the beginning of Con Air. Well, shit. Yeah, he was also uh, the character Stitch Hesian in the excellent Janestown episode of Firefly. I always remember Wayne Grove showing up and fucking that. Oh, is he? But uh, mostly this guy's Wayne Grow. I've, I've heard anecdotes about him going away for real uh, in the early 2000s. Oh. And just being real popular in the Who's Gow. And uh, oh. everybody like guard and prisoner alike just referred to him as Wayne Grow the entire time he was fucking in there. That's pretty cool. Like, Jesus Christ, Wayne Grow is in this jail with us. Yeah. He's a legend. He's this a, guy's a fucking legend. Nobody's going to fuck with him. No. I wouldn't fuck with Wayne Grow. No. Uh, speaking of people who I wouldn't fuck with because... There are legends in this business, legendary fucking uh, gruff men. John Voight, you got to talk about when you're talking yeah. about legendarily gruff actors. He's in this film as, as another Nate, a fellow Nate there. He's, mm-hmm. he's the fence in this movie. He's, he's the fixer. He's the fence. He kind of takes care of all of our little robbers in the film. Uh, he played legendary me. badass Paul Serone in Anaconda. Um, had that... Scar on his face, and he talked with a crazy accent. It was unforgettable. He was escaped con Manny in the wildly underrated uh, canon film Runaway Train, which I finally caught sometime in the last year. Check that one out if you get any time. Most importantly, though, uh, he was the previous owner of George Costanza's LeBaron Convertible on the Mom and Pop Store episode of Seinfeld. Wait, the actor or the dentist? Everybody's talking at me. I can't hear a word they're saying. Just driving around in John Voight's car. Diane Ver- Venora. Let's get into the women in this movie because there are a few women. Couple chicks in this one. She's playing Justine, Vincent Hanna's uh, wife, his current wife. Vincent Hanna's oh, wife. Wife. She was Gloria Capulet in the stylish hit Romeo plus Juliet. I know that one's a favorite of yours. Never saw it. Okay, maybe uh, you remember her as Valentina Kozlova in The Jackal. Did you see The Jackal? Is that the one where blonde-haired Bruce mm. Willis mm. shoots Jack Black from, like, 50 yards out? I think out? it is. I think I've seen that movie, and I've I think that's that. I want to say parts. Yeah. I don't know I if I... think I saw it in theaters. I think I saw that in theaters opening weekend. Yeah. Don't really remember it very well. Also, unforgettably, she was Ellen in the tremendous 80s special effects-themed crime thriller FX. Oh, Yeah. Australian guy from Cocktail? Sure. Dennehy? That one that one was a killer film. Sure. Natalie Portman is in this film as Lauren Gustafson, uh this Justine lady's troubled daughter. Yeah. Of course she was uh, uh Matilda and Leon. She first got her little break there being a young girl who wants to kill she's, people. She's not in Matilda. She That's was a different girl. Marty in the film Beautiful Girls, where mm. she was uh the object of uh, Weird old man's affection. And I Ooh. think she might have went on to also be like uh, an adult actress later in her life. I, I, I don't know, though. I, I, she was a stripper. Same child actress. Over in London, she, I she think. She might have done some things as an adult, too. Who knows? She stripped for money for Clive Owen once. Ashley Judd is in this film. I'm Clive Owen. Like a pre-Ashley Judd, Ashley Judd, kind of. When she was just like, oh, who's this girl uh, named Ashley Judd? She's playing the character Charlene. Yeah. Chris's sort of trailer trash baby mama in this movie. Yeah. Uh, she goes on, of course, She's after this, hot. to be Ashley Judd in all of the Ashley Judd movies. Yeah. Like a Jason Statham. She's like an actress who has her own genre of films, really. Just like 
If you're if you're watching a thriller from the late '90s, early 2000s with a three word title, mm-hmm. it's probably got Ashley Judd in it, right? Yeah, so then she probably she looks right hot for herself. Yeah, she did probably she, looks hot in everything except did, for that one where she won an Oscar for not looking hot, and people are like, "Can you believe she didn't look hot in that movie?" What was that? You know, fucking whatever that one was called, where she looked like a fucking fat, busted face hillbilly woman, and they gave her an Oscar. Was that? I thought that was Charlize Theron. Oh, could have been. Who knows? Oh. oh, yeah, those two aren't the same person, are no. they? That's correct. Yeah. Who could keep all these blonde ladies straight? She, Ashley Judd's in that banger of a film with Brendan Fraser that was really weird. George of and the about Jungle? about dreams and uh, purgatory. And mm, she just wears those George sundresses. George the Jungle being the best movie he was ever involved in. Y- you're thinking of Dudley Do-Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, Amy Brenneman, speaking of uh, actresses, I've always got confused with other actresses. Mm-hmm. She's in this film uh, as Edie, a bookshop employee yeah. who Neil McCauley picks up by being an absolute psychopath to her at mm-hmm. a diner. Yeah. At a diner. Right. Lady, why are you so interested yeah. in what I read or what I do? I'm in love with this man. Go see Marvin's room. Me Take me home. You. You got to uh, see it. This chick, it turns out, was Amy and judging Amy. I don't know. I always who this forget. Woman is. I always forget like which like lame show for like housewives she was in. It yeah. was judging Amy, as it turns okay. out. It's not one of the other ones. She was the mom in Fear. I'll take your word. You a big fan of Fear? Marky Mark uh, terrorizing teenage teenage girls. I seen that. that I saw that when I was in like eighth grade. Also, I okay. This you wanted to unlock in your brain who this girl is. I know you've seen it before. Uh, maybe okay. you remember her playing the character Faye Moskowitz on multiple episodes of Frasier. Multiple episodes of Frasier. Yeah. Still can't place her. That's a lot of people we've talked about. Uh, we could go on forever. I just want to do never. a quick little uh, fucking rapid fire thing here. Uh, people we don't even have time to talk about who we'd be listing all their credits if yeah. this was a normal fucking episode. Not an ultra stuffed 200th. Fucking who else is this movie? Oh, I don't know. Xander Berkeley, Tone Loke. Jeremy Piven. Henry Rollins. Hank Azaria. William Fickner. Dennis Haysbert. Tom fucking Noonan. And Ted Levine. Fucking, this cast is goddamn crazy stacked for the oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Wasn't she a great big fat person? She was indeed. Tagline of Heat, Matt. Very simple, very to the point. They know that he, they don't got to sell this movie. You're already on, on yeah. board. A Los Angeles crime saga. That's it. I would have gone with. That's it. Tell your dad De Niro and Pacino are in a movie together. Dad already knows. He's been talking about it for months. Yeah. Let's get into the plot here, though. It is, as you've mentioned, obsessive master thief Neil McCauley leads a top-notch crew on various daring heists throughout Los Angeles, while determined detective Vincent Hanna pursues him without rest. Each man recognizes and respects the ability and the dedication of the other, even though they are aware their cat-and-mouse game may end in violence. De Niro and Pacino doing cat-and-mouse shit. Yeah. Acting, doing all the acting here in this movie, Heat. Yeah. That was the rundown. Let's get into our next segment where we go into, oh boy. Yeah. Got a lot of notes for this long movie. Got got dense yeah. notes here. This is going to be a lot to try and dig through right here in our, our segment that we call Bullet Points. Blocka, blocka, blocka. Matt, I know you took notes. Let's, let's, let's get in there. Let's talk about what your first bullet point was. Nate, I'm pretty sure this movie mm-hmm. 
is the debut. Oh wow! Of De Niro's '90s goatee. I gotta say, uh, do you remember it? Uh, had earlier? to have been. Don't remember him having a goatee before this. Don't quite know what he had it in after this, but this is not its last appearance, I wouldn't no, say. No, but... it was his 90s goatee. Yeah, 90s goatee is jarring. If you're going to pick a year to debut a 90s goatee, I feel like 95 was peak goatee. This is when it. everybody yeah. was just showing up with goatees out of nowhere. Yeah. You ask me, it looks like it's fucking a bullseye for your boyfriend, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> These fucking goatees. I don't get why they were so popular. You're going to tell me Dante from Clerks didn't look cool? Oh, didn't. <laughs> Dante from Clerks, one year before this. Do we think that De Niro saw Clerks and he's like, mm, Dante, looks pretty cool. Dante. I think he looks pretty cool. Dante's a pretty cool guy. Maybe I'll do that for heat. I don't like this Randall making all these jokes. It's kind of mean. It's, 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 uh, Goatee De Niro stealing an ambulance. That's the first, uh, yeah. scene we get here over yeah. the credits. It's nighttime. It's moody. We're seeing a bunch of city lights and trains. It's, it's classic noir. We're in the, the big city at night. Crimes happening. Evil's yeah. happening, and uh, it's pretty looking from the get go. Pretty looking movie all the way, all the way through. Next morning, ponytailed Val Kilmer's uh, buying explosives. Yeah, in a scene hilariously. Speaking of pretty looking, parodied by Wes Anderson in the movie Rushmore, <laughs> out of nowhere. Do they ready when? demolition Tucson, Arizona? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're like, this guy's stealing an ambulance. This guy's buying some dynamite. Um, maybe this opening credit is some play setting for a big heist that's going to happen. That would be cool. Yeah. If there's one thing you got to know about the Al Pacino character in this movie, Matt. Al Pacino. It's uh, Vincent Hanna. Vincent Hanna fucks, bro. It's just this trying to get fucks. some ass. First time we see him in this movie, he's rolling around in bed in with the a hay. lady. Rolling in the hay. Just kissing on some titties is what's happening. Yeah. Still early in the morning. We got that. They that, don't show her that titties. morning light. Oh, he's kissing on him through those fucking uh, yeah. whatever she's sleeping in. But yeah. he's he's going after him. You know no, he's going sure. after him. He knows what's under the shirt. Yeah. It's, it's, it's under. This is this is his, his wife. He's, he's insatiable. He's seen it a million times. But he wakes up in the morning. This guy... He's up all night chasing criminals mm -hmm. on just massive amounts of cocaine. Gotta chase these bad guys. Gotta clean those pipes before he gets back out there on the streets is what's happening. Can't walk around with a loaded gun. Lots of mouth noises happening in this scene. Over the <sighs> Sex. Film that was always very impressed <laughs> by its, uh, its sound design here, so... I watched this film with headphones on because I Did was like, you? yeah, I want to I wanna get the full audio experience here. And uh, later on, that really pays off. But here, where you're just hearing all this lip smacking and mm -hmm. shit over mm -hmm. these makeout scenes, it's pretty disgusting. I, I almost yeah. had to uh, just put my headphones down and stop the movie and uh, walk away already, even, even though we're at the very beginning of I, it. I watched a nice 4K restoration with Dolby Surround. Oh, wow. That sounds like yeah. a real treat. This it was. Is, this is one you got to crank the volume on if you're watching this shit. I had it loud. What's your favorite movie to watch loud? Mm, I mean, literally, it is, it is heat. <laughs> is it? For being honest, yeah. Watching a movie loud, heat is number one with a fucking bullet. I'm Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now is really all day, good. Every day. Very similarly like has very good uh, helicopter noises yeah. in that one. For fucking sure. Some of the best. Natalie Portman's here uh, in this morning time routine going on. Uh, Looking hot. 
She thinks her scumbag dad's going to come pick her up and take her to lunch is what's going on. So she's freaking out because she can't find her barrettes. And uh, she's she's just like, oh, no, what if I can't find them? She is a Dad wants to take me to lunch. He's like, your hair's not in barrettes. D-I-V-O-R-C-E. That's right. Uh, This girl needs to bing the term deadbeat dad because she doesn't seem to realize she's got a deadbeat dad. Like, this this guy's not showing up, young lady. Uh, no. Go go about your day. You can't be building your day around what, what this idiot man's going to be doing. Go watch Maury Povich. Mm-hmm. Real emotional problems here. Uh, mm-hmm. Already mm-hmm. you can tell, best case scenario, she makes a decent amount of money stripping. Like, that's best case scenario where yeah. this girl's ending up right here. For Clive Owen. Mm-hmm. Do you think you haven't given us anything of yourselves? Do you think because you don't love us or desire us or even like us, you think you've won? It's not a war. <laughs> if I asked you to strip right now, would you? Of course. You want me to? No. Alice, tell me something true. Lying's the most fun a girl can have without taking her clothes off. But it's better if you do. You're cold. You're all cold at heart. What do you have to do to get a bit of intimacy around here? Maybe next time I'll have worked on my intimacy. No, I'll tell you what's going to work is that you're going to take your gear off right now and you're going to turn around very slowly and you're going to bend over and you're going to touch the fucking floor for my viewing pleasure. Is that what you want? What else could I want? Next scene in this movie here, uh, enter Wayne Grow. Is yeah, got a breach subject of Wayne Grow, the most authentic looking scumbag criminal I think maybe I've ever seen on screen. Truly, is, uh, Wayne Grow in this film. Truly, one of the best. Yeah, we're we're getting ready to do our first big uh, heist here, and uh, Tom Sizemore, who uh, is a real pro, you can tell right away. This guy's this guy's been around the block. He picks up Wayne Grow, and he's like, oh. I you're, love your Wayne Grow, huh? The, the new guy yeah. who's stealing with us. And Wayne Grow is like, I got a bunch of fucking drug addict energy. Yeah. Sizemore is like, Yeah, so did I 10 years ago. I know where this fucking leads. Yeah. I don't like this guy in the crew. You can already tell there's tension. I love when Sizemore gets to play the straight guy. Oh, yeah. Nobody, nobody plays just like a straight gruff pissed off guy. Like, uh, yeah. you think I like having this hair yeah. man, Sizemore. I'm a legitimate person, not some guy running around doing drugs and prostitutes, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't have all these tattoos all over my arms because they're covering up fucking old track mark scars. They're well, things you know. that I happened to get yeah. in prison when I did a lot of prison mm-hmm. time. So Wayne grows motor mouth in here about like how great this fucking robbery is going to be, and Sizemore hits him with his first, stop talking, okay, slick? Yeah. Which becomes a big plot point here, him, him calling him slick, slick because... Not only is it sort of a Tom Sizemore calling card that uh, trips these guys up and gets them found out later, but also we see Wayne Grow does not like being condescended to. No. This might be a guy who likes to be treated with a little bit of respect. Because he's a classy individual. He might fly off the handle if he thinks people are disrespecting him. This is the sort of guy you'll uh, come across 
late at night in an Indiana bar at like two in the morning, living yeah. a scumbag life, being like, "What are you? What are you talking about? Insinuating that I'm a scumbag? I just need one of you people to make direct eye contact with I'm me, and then prove it's on. that I'm not by creating a scene in public." Yeah, so Wayne Wayne Grow is bringing a lot of Indiana bar energy into this movie right here. I could see it. So uh, they get ready to start doing whatever little uh, robbery they're doing here. And they start throwing on, like, goalie masks, which yeah. looks pretty cool. But I notice they've all got white goalie masks that they're throwing on to do this robbery, except for Kilmer, who's uh-huh. got a black one. Yeah. I'm wondering to myself, is this like a weird Val Kilmer thing on set where he's like, I don't want to wear the same mask everybody else wears. I want to wear a black one so I look cooler. I should have a different one. I'm Val Kilmer. I think this could have possibly been a thing where, like, shooting was uh, going to be like I think delayed for, for a day. Have a unless they color. got Kilmer a cooler-looking mask than everybody else had to wear. Yeah, that's the reputation he has. It a, seemed weird that his was different. He's a weird guy talking mm-hmm. all weird in that mm-hmm. new documentary, you know? Yeah, I really want to check that one out. Yeah. Everybody everybody, email me your Hulu passwords yes. so I can, uh, I can get on that. All of you. Pretty sure you can watch that on Hulu. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, though, these guys' plan is basically to ram a uh, armored car full on uh-huh. at high speeds with a semi yep. and flip it open. Should work. And then just explode the back door off the fucking uh, armored car and take all the shit out of it. Should work. Which they do. And it's a awesome fucking just big stunt. They literally just ram yeah. a semi at like 60 miles an hour into an armored car. Just and we a watch parking it flip lot. a bunch of times. Yep. Uh, then when they do put those uh, explosives that we saw Val Kilmer buy earlier onto the back of that thing and explode mm-hmm. it, I liked how it like uh, takes out all the windows and all the cars are in the surrounding the area. Car lot, yeah. It's fucking that's a little attention to detail realism shit that you'll get in a Michael Mann movie that sort of takes his shit and puts it a little bit notch yeah. above all the other stupid action movies out there. Well, I mean, this was like the last time. Mm. Well, I mean, Collateral was fun. Collateral was good. I mean, I know but you love. I know you love Ali. That was that was a big uh, big, make, big hit for you after this. <laughs> he did make that. Never saw it. Uh, biopics what? of historical figures always the most boring thing you could possibly sit through. Crown Point's own uh, Public Enemies, man. That that was another one I maybe saw two or three minutes of, but didn't get all the way through. Miami Vice has had a big turnaround in people's opinion. Not a big hit at when it was, but now these days, it's having a reassessment. Yeah. Got to say, I don't think I've ever gotten through it. I never watched I don't think, it. I think I've tried like two or three times, never gotten all the way through it. My, my loving wife got to work with uh, Mr. Mann and uh-huh. his director of photography on this film, Dante, whatever his name is. Uh, on Miami Vice? No, on the Oh, I was going to say, a bunch of a lot of cocaine movie. got thrown around on the set of that movie. She has nothing but fine things to say about that Dante character the director of photography uh, the guy from clerks probably, probably yep. he looks so good in that 90s yeah, yeah. everybody she was always that like why are you in such a bad mood you're the director of photography he's like it's i'm not, not even supposed, supposed to be here today. today yeah you got it wayne girl's got nitchy trigger fingers yep. what's going on during this because they got all the, the the armored car guards lined up and uh he's just like He's pissed off because somebody called him slick. So then he's trying to take it out on these guys by pistol whipping them. Yeah. Then Sizemore's like, hey, slick, see that shit coming out of their ears? They can't fucking hear you. Cool it. 
Great fucking like just that. tough guy dialogue throughout this entire movie. Wanger Everybody's talking like, like cool, tough guy. No, Wangrout is not cool yeah. at ever, no. is basically what his character is. So uh, He just does that thing that like aggressive dogs do, yeah. where they'll stare at other dogs mm-hmm. until they look back so that they can attack them. That's right, yeah. Like your little dog, Frankie. Yeah. She's always doing that. Yeah. A little fucking psychopath. Well, she's just got that Napoleon complex. Yeah, so he shoots one of these guys, and for no reason... And uh, this is where you learn for the first time, and this is a big theme throughout all Michael Mann movies, that the characters in his movies, Matt, mm-hmm. they're pros. They're the best. Best of the best. These guys, they know what they're doing. They're pros. Yeah. They're the best. Yeah. So these guys know, like, oh, fuck, somebody got killed during this thing? We got to kill everybody um, then. Everybody's got to go. Somebody's already no died. No survivors! Time to execute everybody. So they're just playing just, down. They, they just fucking brutally execute everybody with their cool fucking machine guns. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, shit. These guys, probably fucking pros. Yep. Also, you're wearing headphones when you're listening to this. This is when you notice, like, gunshots in this movie sound cooler than gunshots in any other movie I've ever watched right. in my life. So they're, like, ten times louder than you've ever heard in a movie before, and it's awesome. I can't wait till the end of the show when Ivo Cobra lets us know if they use the real gun sounds oh, no or if spoilers. they're artificial no gun spoilers. sounds. I don't know Just, if we have an Ivo Cobra review or not. Look, I've you done 300 of these movie. episodes. I got a feeling. So these guys roll out of there with their fucking like little bank bonds or whatever they stole. Uh, they put out some spike strips on yeah, the fucking road. You got to. The cops show up exactly yeah. when they knew the cops were going to show up. And then they fucking hit the spike strips just like they knew they were going to. Yep. Everything goes, other than that Wayne Grow hiccup, everything goes according to plan. Just like these guys knew they would because they're pros. They're the best. Torch the ambulance. Danny Trejo drives them off in an old Woody station wagon. My next uh, bullet point when I'm looking through my notes right here is, mm-hmm. good Lord, what is John Voight wearing? My note here is, the sight of John Voight makes my wife uncomfortable. Mm, yeah, I think similar notes right there. Yeah. He shows up in this movie. Uh, he's got a, a suit from the 1970s on. Yeah. He's got a Hulk Hogan mustache. He's got his hair slicked back in a dog the bounty hunter sort of mullet. Yeah. This was not a look that was going on in 1995, really. He looks fucking awesome, Standing out like a sore thumb, looking crazy. His his skin's all, like, sun-spotted. Yeah. He's just, like... That's how he looks. Guy who tries to, like, sell you paddle boats in Florida or something is what's going on. He's just... He's looking terrible. Him and uh, De Niro are talking about future jobs lined up or something. This is where they... uh, Established like, oh, this is the guy we get our jobs from, and like, yeah. does all this other ancillary shit. So, He's uh, trying to teach De Niro at the same time, like, hey, you know, uh, there's more than just sticking people up. We might want to try to diversify some of them bonds, sir. Oh yeah, you gotta diversify that portfolio, man. Yeah. That's why we're stealing bonds from William Fickner, who's gonna show up in this movie later. Yep. Uh, Pacino's on the scene uh, investigating all these dead armored car guards, and he's like. I gotta tell you right now, these guys are the best. The pros. These guys are the Look best. Look at this. They're doing this shit over here, which is cool. I had it time out. respect everything here. 60 seconds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. In and out. Under three minutes. The pros. Yep. Uh, they stole 1.6 million and they keep saying bear bonds. Is that what they're saying? Million what the fuck's six. A, what, what's a bear bond? Bear bonds. Know anything about financial shit? Oh, uh, when uh, bears get arrested. Yeah, it's got it's got, got something to do with uh, I don't know the circus. I don't know, yeah. but Pacino lets you know. Drop of a hat. These guys were rock and roll. Rock and roll. It's a cool thing to say. Yeah. Dialogue in this movie is awesome. Yep. Um. Ooh. 
my, my next bullet point is uh, just you want some pie, which at first I didn't know what that was going to mean, but it's a line Wayne Gross says. The Rock <laughs> loves out. pie. Because this is our first uh, our first of many diner scenes. Yes, in this movie sir. Post-heist, uh, post they're all just hanging out in a diner. Everybody is awkward and quiet because they know Wayne Grow really fucked them all and they're going to have to kill Wayne Grow. Kilmer and Sizemore are just staring a hole. Yeah. <laughs> they're not happy. Through fucking Wayne but He's just eating pie and offering people pie. Yeah. Seemingly no idea no. What's, what's fucking going on here because he is not a pro as it turns he's out. He's happy this guy's with a the, wild how card. the day went. Yeah. This, uh, he's going to have to die because the biggest sin you can uh, pull in a Michael Mann movie is not being a pro. Yep. Not being the best at what you do. So De Niro shows up. And, and the uh, worst thing you can do in a De Niro movie is cross De Niro. That's true. He doesn't like that. No. So he starts smashing Wayne Grow's head into the table in this uh, in busy, busy diner. diner in front of everybody. Big dick energy here where he's just like, well, people are going to be too uncomfortable to say anything about yeah. this because... You don't see people just all out assaulting their friends in the middle of a diner every day. One person takes a look at the table like, mm. I think I'm going to say something. No. Sizemore just peeks his head out and stares right back at yeah. him, says nothing, yeah. and the guy's like, oh, okay. That guy's got Tom Sizemore okay. energy. I think maybe I should just uh, look into my soup until this is over. Sizemore's fucking killing it in He's this movie. He's also a sneakily large man, Tom Sizemore. Yeah. You don't oh, fuck yeah. Like, Tall what motherfucker. What sort of a hulking bear yeah. he happens to be. Fills uh, a doorframe, that guy. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, these guys, they have a little scuffle inside, and they're like, all right, let's go outside. And uh, this is when De Niro just starts dismantling the guy, like taking out his yeah. knee and just beating the shit out of him. Yeah. Trejo opens up the trunk of the car. They already got it lined up with fucking Visqueen. This is all planned out. They've, they've had to kill people who uh, went off the reservation before. Yeah. Got to clean up the loose threads right here. But unfortunately, right when they're going to blow Wayne Grow's head off, mm-hmm. a random patrol car comes by, and they all got to be like, oh, shit, it's the cops. Fucking yeah. cool, bro. It's the cops. It's the fuzz. Wouldn't you know it? They look down, and Wayne Grow is gone. He's on the loose. This is, this is not a, as dumb as we thought. This is a mistake, uh, letting Wayne Grow get loose here. That's you going can't to shoot him in front of the cops. Haunt them the rest of the movie here. This is... These guys are pros, but this Wayne Grow mistake, it's going to maybe prove to be their undoing. No, nah, I think they're going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Next next couple scenes here, we're, we're, we're establishing these guys' home life. And we yeah. see De Niro's got an empty house. Who cares? Val Kilmer might have too many attachments going on in his house. Things yeah. are going. My bullet here says, Ashley Judd can get it. That is very true. De Niro's in a big, modern, cold-architectured house right on the water, completely empty. This guy's living some sort of, like, husk of a life of a nobody. It's a husk of a house. It's empty. Also, this Nothing is in it. the first scene where, like, that blue filter that's over everything oh, is really prominent. Yeah. It's like, he's making everything cold and yeah. lonely, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is the movie that sort of started putting blue filters all over everything. Works for this one, but all the imitators that came later sure ruined that over the next ten years. Yeah, like that guy who made Miami Vice. He really, Ugh. oh, he ruined oh, that it guy with went that off movie. the fucking rails of that thing later. Ugh. Conversely, to this life, Kilmer's got a fucking crazy baby mama played by Ashley Judd, and like a crying baby going on in his house. Oh, Dominic. She's all screaming about how he's a degenerate gambler and stuff, yeah. and like how they gotta like have a real adult life and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. oh, oh, I'm a degenerate gambler. Boo, fucking who, lady? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Where's right? your paycheck coming yeah. from? Sure, I blow everything I make doing robberies like a scumbag gambling. Right? Fucking get over so it. So what? 
yeah, it's like, actually Judd's a real, real whiner in this movie. If, if real gambling, hen pecking, fucking uh, stick in the mud in this. Gambling's movie. a fun way to you yeah. know increase the enjoyment of sports. Yeah, one hundred percent. Why would you watch a sport if you didn't have uh, the financial stakes of your family riding on it? Thank you. Uh, she threatens to take the kid away, and he gets real mad and starts smashing stuff and screaming mm-hmm. and just. I thought he handled himself. I started well. having flashbacks to having uh, divorced parents. Uh, I, I had to fast yeah. forward this a little bit. I was like, "Oh God!" Yeah, yeah as much, bit much. Young dumb people shouldn't yeah. have babies screaming yeah. at each other and smashing things. I, I can't be watching this. Let's let's go on to the next scene where uh, Al Pacino comes home late for dinner. Oh no! He pours himself a whiskey. Time to booze. He learns he learns that uh, Natalie Portman's scumbag dad. Uh, didn't show up to pick her up for lunch. He's not happy about it. He starts it. talking about what a scumbag he is and not realizing, kind of like, hey, bro, you haven't been around all day either. Like, mm, ironically, you did not show up either, Yeah, which is his stick-in-the-mud wife. is That's stuck in her craw. She's not very happy of the fact that he's showing up so late. More importantly, mm-hmm. this scene? Yeah. This is the first appearance of Pacino's stupid little TV. That's right. It also becomes a plot point yeah. later on. But it's also the first fucking 10-star stone-cold killer delivery that he gives in this movie where he tells her, I got three dead bodies on the sidewalk off Venice Boulevard, Justine. I'm sorry if the goddamn chicken got overcooked. Overcooked. He's like going... Full on fucking uh, Christopher Walken yeah. delivering this line about the chicken. Like he forgot what it was going to be halfway through it, and then kind of trails off, and then but then finishes it up again. He like trails off. Realized this was a mistake to yeah. say like halfway he through. Got it, in and then too was like, deep. I'm gonna fucking say it anyway. Uh, I got this far. Might as well finish. Fucking love the chicken line here. But yeah, nobody's nobody's got a good home life as it turns yeah. out in this movie so far. That, that we've seen fucking so far mm-hmm. next scene robert de niro is buying books on metals at the uh local barnes and noble or whatever and, yep uh, then he's like uh, oh i bought some nice books on metals now i think i'll walk across the street and have some coffee at another diner uh you know just a nice little saturday here mm-hmm. just doing some shopping uh sitting down maybe i'll read s- sip on my coffee worry about metals drink a cup of coffee this is where we meet nice. Edie, who is the uh, lady who works at the bookstore, who's been eyeballing goateed mm. Robert Nero. Just like, who is this piece of ass who I keep seeing shopping in the metals section who's of this, this bookstore? Goateed, just this guy, guy is, seems really interesting. I'm, I'm going to try to strike up a conversation with this fucking psychopath. Yeah, she oh, does. Man. She tries. She does. She tries. <laughs> He's so standoffish and so weird. When he hits her with the lady, lady, <laughs> just aggressive, just in her face. Why do you care so much about what I read or what I do? Of course, this guy's on edge. He thinks anybody could be just a cop coming after him, looking into him. Trust He's no trying one. to be anonymous. He's trying to float through life, not uh, you know, getting anybody's attention. He lives in his own world. So no way like, to be oh, safe. Oh, no, I just work at the bookstore and have a southern accent. Which I just wanted to fuck. I think might be totally put on. I'm not sure if the actress really has one, but it seemed pretty thick throughout this movie. Oh, uh, it's just you, jarring because we're in L.A. and nobody else has a fucking southern accent. You, you don't remember if she had one in uh, Judging Judy? Uh, Judging Amy was the name of the show. Okay. And I yeah, see you pretending like you don't know what it is. 
you're our local bad TV expert here and uh, trying to fucking take a pass on this one. I'm very disappointed. I can't remember if it was on the same night as Joan of Arcadia or not, okay? Oh, okay, maybe. But, okay, so De Niro realizes, oh, this is just some dipshit woman who has a minimum wage job at a fucking bookstore. Yeah, she's she's not a threat fuck. to me. So then he's like, all right, I'm going to move in on her. He hops the seat closer to her and then pulls the uh, expert move of just like no longer entertaining any questions about himself, just dominating the conversation yeah. by only asking questions about her. Yeah. This is pickup artist shit right here. Like yeah. this guy's been through it. He's done all the classes. You could fucking tell. Yeah. Uh, this shit works because peacocking. Next scene, they're they're together in a house, oh. uh, just sharing some drinks. I think. Yeah. My big bullet point was who the fuck's house is this? That's his house. It can't be his house. No, because his house is empty. Oh, that's right. It's on the beach over the water. It's her. This is in the hills. It's her bookstore house. This is like a mansion in the hills with just a gorgeous view off a big patio of the entire fucking just all all of L.A. There's lights everywhere. I'm just like. Who's paying? She she told us she works at this bookstore. She's got like a on the side graphic design business where she's like designing menus for logo. There's there's no way she's affording this house. We're in. Oh no, he this it's is, his house. Cause is he, insane. Because he tells her about why he bought it. Because he can see the lights down there. Reminds him of some bullshit. This guy's got multiple houses. Yeah. Then uh, he's got the one on the the ocean. This is my big question: Is this a, a second fucking Neil Macaulay house? Because it yeah. seems like this one is outfitted. Like, this has got, like, stuff on the shelves, like, yeah. uh, furniture around. I don't know. I'm confused by yeah, everything going know, on man. here. There's multiple houses happening, but uh, they're having a little convo yeah. on the, uh, the the balcony, and she asks him if it's lonely uh, traveling around being a metal salesman. He not does. really. I'm going to Fiji. I am alone, but I am not lonely. You? I'm, I'm going to Fiji. And she hits him with a real dramatic... I get lonely. I get lonely. You know it's on right there. The They're going to fuck. My this girl's own. aching. She's been aching for the touch of a In man for so long. Yeah. Get it, Bobby. He goes after it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, then the, the morning comes and he's fucking out of there. So this has got to be her fucking house. Yeah, he, like, I guess brings so. her a glass of water and is like, I'm fucking out before she wakes up. Yeah. See, I wrote in there, leaves her water and dips from his own house. She like house sitting for know. somebody. This, this this needs to be addressed. Who's who's paying the mortgage on this house right here? Tom Rock, you're always good at sussing out these boring details. <laughs> Let us know in text tomorrow. Next scene is who? This is a, a big fucking scene in this movie. Pacino shows up at, at the dog fights. It looks yeah. like he busts in a dog fighting to this ring, criminal in enterprise shop with some. Big energy. He's fucking strutting in here. Yeah. He's uh, meeting with one of his fucking stool yeah. pigeons. Give me all you got! Give me all your guts! Starts yelling, give me all you got, over and over again. This is this is the first delivery where he just cuts loose. And it's just like, Pacino, okay, De Niro's yeah. going small in this movie. Pacino's going big. That's how they're going to fucking... That's how they're hashing out this two of us being the same movie thing. We're going opposite approaches to our acting here. And this is also the last time that Pacino ever tried in a movie, right? Um, oh, no, he did Devil's Advocate two years later I with can't, Bell, or, uh, Keanu Reeves. I think this was after he won the fucking Oscar finally for Scent uh, of, of a Woman. I think it a was. couple years after. And that was kind of the first one where he was just like... All right, I'm just going big, and All I'm just going to do a parody of what I do. Yeah. And then they were like, well, here's your reward. Yeah. So in this next one, he's just like, 
you know what? I'm going to do that again. Yeah. But also, I'm playing this fucking coked-out cop, so yeah. I'm going to play it with fucking cocaine energy. Yeah. I'm going super big. But he's still trying. He's still trying here. This is, like, on the cusp of being a parody of himself, yeah. but, like, he just leaning in checks. super fucking hard. So yeah. It's maybe the best Pacino you're going to get. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Could be. I guess there's different flavors of Pacino, whatever floats yeah. your boat. But yeah, I, I don't know what these people are talking about in this scene. Basically, he's just like, what sort of information about criminals do you got? Don't waste my motherfucking time! My motherfucking time! He loves throwing away motherfuckers yeah. in this fucking movie all the fucking time. So I guess we're just establishing that he uh, shakes people down and has informants and stool pigeons because that shit. You got to. Those chickens come home to roost later. Next scene, Tom Noonan's in a wheelchair. And he's being all weird, talking to yeah. Robert De Niro about, like, the internet and shit. You think he ended up in a wheelchair after Jack Slater threw him off that uh, building? I don't imagine you're walking away from something like that unscathed. That's for fucking sure. Yeah, that's good continuity. But yeah, Tom Noonan's some sort of weird internet guy who's got some sort of scam they can pull where they can, I don't know, steal Bitcoin or whatever. Yeah, all this stuff it's in the air, man. <laughs> it's, it's all in the, in the air. He's explaining the cloud to us is what's happening. Yeah. Estimated 12.1 or 12.2 million for this computer job they're going to do. Meanwhile, John Voight's in the background making deals with William Fickner, mm-hmm. trying to sell the bear bonds that he stole from him back to him. Yeah. So William Fickner must have some sort of uh, circus business going on. This is, this is the guy who runs a circus. So he he, he he's, needs all those bear bonds. He's going to be all right because he puts his head guy on it. Uh, hilariously, this is when we get Henry Rollins. Hell yeah. Showing up as like... The bodyguard question the heavy, mark of the some heavy for hedge Fichtner. fund manager guy. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what's going on here, but it's weird and I love it. And Fickner tells Rollins, he's like, I'm going to fucking kill these guys who stole this shit from me and are now trying to sell it back to me. They're fucking dead. And I'm like, oh, William Fickner, you don't understand. These guys are pros, man. These guys are the best at what they do, bro. It was nice that Fickner redeemed himself with Armageddon. A lot of people redeemed themselves with Armageddon. That yeah. was a big success all around. Yeah. Steven Tyler, mostly. Uh, <clears throat> De Niro comes home to find scumbag Val Kilmer sleeping on his floor. Because yep. he's had a big uh, dust up with his wife. So he calls her up and is Immediately. like, what's going on Snitches. here? He knows that like fucking having some sort of crazy woman pissed off at somebody on his crew, that's a loose end. It yep. could fucking lead to problems down the line. So he's got to make sure that this shit's not getting fucking too out of control. Or this Three chick's steps gonna ahead be of everybody Looking else. for some just like petty woman revenge, snitching, throwing people under the bus. Who knows what could happen? Women are crazy, so, man. Could you imagine? They get vindictive. Could you imagine if the cops came around while she was on her period? That would Who's to be say? issue oh man so he's like fucking you know i'll straighten this out don't worry about it uh i'm basically the daddy here val kilmer wakes up and he's like listen val kilmer i gotta give you my famous the heat around the corner speech yeah it was the big cornerstone of of this movie i like that kilmer just comes clean and he's like look i don't know what you heard but uh i don't know what that bitch told you but i've lost a lot of money gambling Mm, yeah for sure so we're gonna have to do a lot of robberies yeah but uh, this is this is very Buddhist. What's going on for the rest of this movie? Uh, he's talking about not having any attachments. Uh, it's of course the root of all suffering. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the big, big noble truth of Buddhist philosophy. Neil Macaulay says, you know, you got to be able to bail in thirty seconds. Anything you, I can't drop in thirty seconds when the heat's coming around the corner. To anything in your life because that's that, that's the weakness that's going to get rid of you. Mm-hmm. Kilmer he shows his weakness when he's like. 
for me, man, the sun rises and sets with that girl. And it's like, oh, Val Kilmer, first of all, you're a scumbag. Yeah. You, you don't know anything about caring about someone else. No. All you care about is yourself. Yeah. You have some sort of scumbag, like, Midwestern, uh, knocked a girl up when I was 19 relationship with this this lady. Probably she was, like, a stripper when you met her, mm. I would imagine. Mm. And now, like... She's trying to milk you for money. You're yeah. trying to make her a respectable wife while still being a degenerate gambler and bank robber. This, what are you thinking, man? Yeah. You need to live a Neil Macaulay life. It's mirrors because Kilmer's about to go through a real-life messy divorce in about a year. Oh, wow. Maybe that's why he felt so authentic in yeah. this role. Could have been. This shot, this conversation ends with just a wide shot of the two of them with the expansive sea right behind them. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, this is, this is, this is, we get this throughout the whole movie where you're just in a wide open place, whether it be like in front of the ocean or a parking lot or an expansive field or whatever. Just like, it's always, it's always out in the fucking open. The cinematography of this film, very, very wide screen film. It's a very big place and we're just small and significant part of it. De Niro is like, you want to go get some breakfast? And then I'm like, oh, that's the other place you can be in this movie. You're either in a wide open, expansive place, or you're in a shitty diner. What do you say, Val? Scramby eggs? That's right. Uh, so next scene, we're at another shitty diner where we establish Dennis Haysbert's in this movie. It's 40 minutes in, but uh, we're going to drop him into this movie randomly as a new character we're you, meeting. You talking about Pedro Serrano? He's uh, working at a greasy spoon. Yeah. His first day on a job, work, doing work release or something, trying to get back on his feet after being a con. Yep. But uh, it's not going to be smooth sailing for him because the asshole manager at the uh, restaurant does not see him as a human mm-hmm. being. Is not going to talk to him like a human being. He's going to talk to him like he's a piece of shit. And take a cut of his money. Take a cut of his money because he's a weasel little man who hilariously played by fucking Bud Court of Harold and Maude fame. Mm. So every every stupid little fucking uh, just character in this movie played by some sort of amazing actor, totally stacked. 40 minutes in, we're still meeting characters. Yeah. There's, there's a lot going on in this movie, Matt. A uh, ton of it. Uh, next scene, De Niro is waiting at the payphone for a call from William Fickner's people. Yeah. He's going to set up some sort of drop uh, when he sees fucking Ashley Judd smooching none other but Hank fucking Azaria mm-hmm. outside of some seedy motel. Mo fucking sizzle. fucking, yeah. You want to talk about... Just new characters dropping in and out of nowhere halfway into a movie. Mo fucking Sizzlack yeah. drops into this movie halfway through it. That's amazing. So he marches over, of course, being in charge of everybody else's lives and demands to know who this fucking guy is and what's yep. going on. She tries to go into some rant about it, like, oh, I'm sick of dealing with it. He just tells her, shut up! Yep. Which, this movie's like a master class in dealing with women right here. This, right. this scene in particular, they start going into their hysteric rants. You look them in the eye. You tell them to shut up. Yep. You don't allow them to continue Mm-mm. spiraling. You, you make them stop talking, and then you tell them how it's going to be. Just like that. This guy's done all the pickup artist online shit. You can yeah. tell. He's been through all the classes. All of them. This guy knows everything about men's rights activism. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. He's probably out there on the message boards as we speak. All of Giving them. people his uh, 30 seconds, you got to drop anything if you sense the heat around the corner speech. That's right. It's probably a whole generation of just like sad 17-year-old boys just uh, on the Neil McCauley message boards, learning how to live their lives right now. You know how many uh, how many of those Anthony Mackie speeches he attended? Oh, t- so many, and worth it. You all can of tell. Them. Just all of them. 
Uh, but yeah, Zeri is, uh, you could tell just like, oh God, this guy's going to be a problem later on. It wouldn't be Hank Azaria if this was just a, a one-off in this movie. This character's coming back. That's right. De Niro needs to kill Ashley Judd right here is what he needs to do. This is a loose end that's fraying, man. He needs to just he likes, dump her in a fucking ditch somewhere. He respects Kilmer too much. You know, yeah. He's, he's got a lot of rules and, uh. He's like, hey, you take him back, you give him a second shot, if it doesn't work out, I'll just pay you money to get the fuck out of That's here. That's right. Yeah. It's pretty cut and dry, the deal he gives her. Uh, could have just saved a lot of grief if you would have snapped your neck right here, though. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's not wrong. Next scene, hilariously, Pacino just shows up at some black nightclub. Yeah. Where people are just, like, fucking getting down and partying. And he, he just up, rolls in with some swagger. He's just set, tiny Al Pacino yeah. just fucking rolling into an all-black nightclub with full-on swagger. He set up that meeting with his uh, CI and his CI's brother, mm-hmm. Richie. That's right. Richie, played We're by... We're about to meet Richie. Played by Tone Loke. Another <laughs> heavyweight yeah. character. Fucking awesome Tone Loke showing up in this. Uh, Star of... Surf Ninjas. Yeah, so Pacino's giving him a gimme all you got sort of a deal. So yep. uh, this guy's just like, you know what? Maybe I got some info about some stuff, but I'm going to need you to do some favors with me. Yeah. Like if I'm going to tell you what I know. Pacino's like, listen, you rat motherfucker. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just calling everybody rat motherfuckers out this movie. You rat motherfucker. So talking to this guy like he's fucking nothing, but uh, he still big dicks him enough to get information out of him right here. The big information is he saw a guy on the street yeah. talk about a thing. <laughs> it turns out this guy, we'll learn, was Tom Sizemore, where he's like, yeah, I saw a guy I knew from jail on the street, and I asked him what he had going on, and he said nothing. So I know a real criminal wouldn't say nothing unless they had something big going on. Pacino's pissed. Pacino's like, that's fucking bullshit. You're this wasting my time. Like, uh, you're just trying to get me to do shit for you. You think I'm stupid or something. But then we learn, yeah, he, he called me slick, this guy. That's what he does. He calls me slick. Calls everybody slick, this Matt, that cat. was a detail from earlier in the movie. The, he uh, learned that the guy who Nate. killed all those fucking armed robbers, or armed to the security guard guys, yeah. called people slick. And Pacino's aware this of this. This might be the same guy. Pacino, it's, it's Don and not Pacino. This might be the biggest, dumbest convenience that this plot throws at us so that we can keep moving forward here, where we happen to mention slick. Where it's like... I got no information about nothing other than there's a guy who calls people slick. I mean, if you know of all the millions of people who live in Los Angeles, this is the one guy I'm going to tell you about. If you've met criminals, this part kind of makes sense, Nate. Oh, okay. This is how they go down. Got to meet more criminals as it turns yeah. out. Uh, we got a big meeting in the next uh, scene where De Niro is going to do the handoff with Fickner's guy. We're going to give him those bear bonds. He's going to give us some fucking money. So we're at a, an old drive-in movie theater or something. It's a old tore-down drive-in. So it's another one of these big, expansive, empty spaces this whole movie takes place in. Mm-hmm. You can tell De Niro's done a package handoff before. He He's got snipers all around. They're in the middle of open nowhere so he can see everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys roll it's up the thing in about truck. these guys. They're always playing all the angles, Nate. These guys Nate. are pros, man. They're the best. They these are. These guys are the fucking best. They try to snake a thing on De Niro where, like, oh, they pull up next to him, but then a guy sneaks out of the back of their car and is going to sneak around and fucking whack him. No way. Not when Kilmer's no. sitting there. Yeah, Kilmer's with a got a scope. Rifle. Fucking uh, Martin Riggs style yeah. up on a building a block away. He's ready for this shit. 
He lets De Niro know. So De Niro just pancakes this guy between the two cars. We're off and running. Fucking, we got a big shootout going here. Like, they really, like, sandwich a guy in between two cars here. Yeah, it looked pretty fucking gross. It definitely looked like they uh, just smashed the entire bottom half of a man. Yeah. Well, they pulled that one off, but... A lot of cool fucking shit going on here. That shot right there looks awesome. Uh, the just shot where De Niro's like trying to run this guy down. And you get the camera like inside of the uh, front seat of the car with him. Oh, just yeah. Just right behind his like hand that's up with the gun pointing as he's like shooting through the windshield at this guy. And just while trying to run him down. Every which bouncing way. up and down through all the fucking like parking ties or whatever. Yeah. Or you're just like right in the middle of the fucking action, seeing it from his point of view. That's fucking cool. And then fucking the dramatic moment where, like, uh, the guy's uh, standing there and Kilmer hits him with the sniper rifle and he dramatically spins around. And then De Niro fucking finally shoots him fucking with his yep. gun through the windshield. He spins around again and then he just gets flattened by the fucking car. Just ran right over. That's brutal shit. But the guy in the white truck gets away. Oh, man. He's, uh, he's out of there except, oh, turns out these guys are pros, Matt. They got all the bases covered. But there's just two of them. They got Tom Sizemore with a shoddy oh, waiting at the fucking exit of this place to just blow this guy away with a shotgun through his windshield as soon as he's leaving. So yeah. Fickner's guys are all fucking taken care of. De Niro calls him up on the phone and is like, hey, dude, uh, you know how you tried to kill me? Didn't work out. You better watch your fucking back. That seems so great. Fickner, just like the deep swallow, like, like, oh, uh, uh, why? Is everything okay? Nero tells him, forget the money. I'm talking to an empty telephone. Because there's a dead man on the other line. That's such a fucking De Niro line. There's just so much fucking hard-boiled, just fucking tough guy dialogue in this movie and the actors are so fucking good that it's never cheesy like it's all just fucking sold empty phone what the fuck does that mean there's a dead man on the oh jesus these guys are the best these guys are pros so it's time for them to blow off some steam next scene we got a big bad guy's family dinner happening yeah everybody's got the wives and the kids out at an italian restaurant or something uh Scumbag criminals, even Trejo's got a lady, as it turns out. I watched the director's cut, and right after he calls Fickner, De Niro turns to Sizemore and Kilmer, and he's like, You, me, unlimited soup and breadsticks, let's do this tonight. Get the tour of Italy, we're celebrating. Oh, hell yeah, you got to. Yeah, he's fucking like, he's getting, I think he's feeling a little like uh, lonely here, because everybody's got a family around him except for him, so he's like... I'm going to get on the phone and call that chick I banged at the bookstore, maybe. I'm going to bang that hillbilly bookseller lady. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, no attachments, De Niro. It's mm. your own fucking code. You're going against it. I can see where this movie's going right here. But she's cheesing like a schoolgirl as soon as she gets a fucking call from this fucking borderline psychopath who's yeah. clearly the most boring, like, overly serious, stiff man you can have a conversation yeah. with. She doesn't care. She's like, hell yeah, I'm on board. This guy's my new boyfriend. Plus, he looks like old man De Niro with a goatee. Yeah. So but apparently, that's not an issue points for there. Her. Extra points there. Hell yeah, I'm on board. Uh, turns out, as they're leaving this big dinner, Pacino and the cops are on the roof surveilling him. Oh, shit. Because they found Sizemore, because they know he's the guy with a peacock tattoo who calls people slick. They got and a now they know who the whole fucking him. crew is, man. They're fucking on him. 
His, How are they going to be able to do robberies now? Ted Levine's pointing out everybody's like, that's Val Kilmer over there. And that's the other right. guy, that's, you know, that's Danny Trejo. Also, it should be noted, though, like Ted Levine in this movie looks nothing like he looks as Buffalo Bill. He's like yeah. a balding cop with a mustache, kind of doing a sort of Chicago accent. He looks just like he does. He feels... Playing the captain in the hit television show Monk. Yeah, he's he's... Pulling off the cop look like fucking nobody else you're going to see in a film. Maybe the most authentic cop I've ever seen. Nate, this is the exact character he plays in the hit television show Monk. I believe it. As we've established, you are the bad TV expert on this podcast, except for when it comes to judging Amy, which apparently is a big blind spot of yours. Uh, you know, CBS put out a lot of shit. Motherfuckers act like you forgot about Wayne Grow. True. He's also in this movie still. So the next scene is when he's just killing a hooker. Yeah. This is this is a creepy fucking uh, scene right here where he's all Wayne growing it shirtless on some scummy motel bed yeah. with his Nazi tattoos and fucking full regalia. Of this young black lady. Yeah, a young black lady has just had sex with this man covered in Nazi tattoos. Yeah. And he's just being all creepy with her, just like, fucking best you've ever had, right? Ugh. Yeah. This guy's. this is the guy who's not only going to have sex with the hooker rough-like, he's going to, like, verbally bully her afterwards. This is yeah. happening. It's the only way you can get it up, She's trying to play along with him and just like, oh, this is business as usual. Oh, yeah, baby, you rock my world, blah, blah, blah. But then Wayne Crow tells her, you don't know what this is. No. The Grim Reaper's visiting you. Yeah. This is some serial killer shit. That look and leaning that he gives after he delivers that line... Oh, Here's a reason this guy went to jail in real life when they all that's called strong. him Wayne Grow. He is unforgettable in this fucking role. Yeah. And once again, taking big crazy ass swings with the dialogue and the script, but all the actors can pull this shit off. Yep. Uh, so this yeah. also would have been a fine time to interject this movie with some boobies. Mm, Got to agree with that. Yeah, for sure. If you're not going to do it later on where Portman's uh, bleeding in the bathtub, like this is your only other opportunity. Yep. Uh, so yeah, this guy is demasculated again when he realizes that he's not the best sex this hooker's ever had. So he has to kill her, is what he's going to do. Yes, Build indeed. himself back up. He's a real psychopath. Next scene, he's Can't at a Can't dwell on that. Time bar. to go find work. Yeah, so he's like, I'm going to go to this seedy bar and ask the bartender uh, if he's got any crime stuff I can do. No, 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 no. He's just looking for <laughs> Billy Ricketts. <laughs> Billy Ricketts. Bartender's like, yeah, I got this number. Call this number and there's going to be plenty of crime stuff for you to do. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I've been to some scumbag bars in my time, but never ones where I got the vibe like, I wonder if I could just ask this bartender how to become a criminal and he'd give me a phone number. Yeah. Start looking out for that. Is that out there? Yeah, I used to I used to know what bars you could probably find that at, but I don't think find, those bars are open no more. Oh no. Yeah. Uh bad guys already had their big family dinner, so now the cops gotta have their big family dinner. And uh they're noticeably more drunk and out of control than the bad guys were when they're uh, at a restaurant, which definitely rings home for cops when you see them out in yes. public together, just taking advantage of the fact that they can't get arrested for DUIs. They love that's getting what they're blind about. drunk. That's, yeah, that's that's 100% what these guys are about in their personal lives. So, uh, fucking Ted Levine's just uh, telling stories with his halfway Chicago accent. Everybody's having a great time until Pacino gets a call that there's a fucking dead hooker somewhere, yep. and he's got to come check that shit out. So, bummer again. This guy, he's got no fucking normal life. He's he's 
He's married to the job, Matt. That's what's happening here. This lady's getting a little pissed off about it. Yeah, more and more so throughout the entire fucking movie. He shows up. We see our young hooker, Mm -hmm. her dead body, Mm -hmm. and we learn, like, yeah, she's got the same jizz inside of her that all those other dead hookers had, too. Turns out we got a serial killer. Uh, Never seen so many dead hookers in all my life. Very, uh, very close friend of mine. Uh, it was a dead hooker? No. Oh, but he, thank uh, God. He sexed a lot of hookers and then choked them to death. Oh, okay. And then left them in houses in Gary. Yeah, this is this is a guy good who pal, uh, I, I hope you met while as a prison guard. Correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Makes sense. Makes he, sense. He's a serial killer, Nate. So somehow this uh, dead hooker's hysterical mom has gotten wind of the fact that her uh, dead hooker daughter is dead here. So she shows up and she's just wilding out. Pacino's got to like restrain her and hold her and comfort her while she's just sobbing and stuff. And he's like, oh man, so sorry if the chicken gets cold. Look at, look at what this guy's dealing with out on the streets. Fucking Janice. Like this guy's, this guy's just uh, drowning in real life fucking tragedy right now. Bodies are getting cold. Mm -hmm. Not how about that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So next scene, she's all like uh, mad again because he had to go do stuff. So he tells her, I told you when we hooked up. Baby, baby, you gotta share me with all the bad guys. Yeah. Another insane delivery from Al Pacino right there. Yeah, uh, he's being very condescending about I gotta go see people frying babies in microwaves. Yeah, and she's all like, "All right, um, not on board with this." He's talking to me like I'm dumb and I don't understand what's going on here. He's like, "I gotta hold on to my angst. Yeah, I need it. It keeps me sharp." He uses it. This is some masculine shit right here. Like this is this is some men shit right here. He's trying to tell her, but she just doesn't get it. She's a lady. She tells him, mm-hmm. "You live amongst the remains of dead people." Very true. Very true. He's completely broken. She knows it, but she says she doesn't understand why she can't cut him loose. Because that's some that's some chick shit right there. Yeah, they're gonna stick around with the fucking broken man and just try to ride that shit out. You know why she can't cut him loose? Why is that? She can't get enough of that Donka Donka Chino. <laughs> Who can't, man? This guy's got charisma. Uh, turns out Dennis Haysbert's got a got Who? a good woman. This next scene. Oh, Pedro Serrano? Yeah, he, Pedro Serrano is like, uh, who, what you hanging with me for, Lily? And she's like, I'm proud of you. You're fucking making it. You're doing good. You're turning your life around. He's all like, what the hell are you proud of me for? He's really... This, this guy might be like the, uh, the, the MVP of the movie as far as just like mm-hmm. doing a lot with Little. He's got like two scenes and he really just like... He really fucking shows up though, yeah. He just has a real fucking character arc. You can tell like... Uh, this guy's been through it, and he's, he's this is maybe his last chance. And this could be like, it. I need you to just fucking eat some shit here, get through this, we'll find something else. And he's like, there's no hard time ever been invented I can't deal with. That's right. You're like, all right, I'm rooting for this guy. I hope he does. I want man. him to get his life back on track. Meanwhile, De Niro is trying to get Edie to go to New Zealand with him or something. Yeah. yeah. Back on their like second date. And I'm like, this is literally your second date. You're trying to get her to move to New Zealand with you. You've gone from no attachments in your life to second date. Let's go to New Zealand. I'm in love with the bookstore girl. So we're just as wild. We're jumping around a little bit because the movie does. It's, mm-hmm. it's multiple scenes that make up one big scene. That's we right. Kind of yeah. check in on all the characters uh-huh. throughout the movie, but like, all the little parts make one big part. And this is where it really got to me like, man, they're just really leaning into that weird 90s soundtrack here. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like 
synthy and kind of pulsing, but yeah. also quiet and like very yeah. restrained. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, man, I, how do you describe it? Somewhere between uh, Eric Clapton's work on uh, uh, Lethal Weapon, oh, yeah, some classic stuff, right? Mixed there. with Johnny Greenwood's yeah, work on yeah. anything yeah, he's done. Yeah, if you could bit. marry the two. You know, it really, uh, re- really works in that final scene we could do. But I, I wrote sure, similarly sure. to here, like we're jumping back and forth with too many relationship establishing scenes all in a row now. And this is like the one point in this long movie where it really starts to lull for me a little bit. And I'm like, all right, we need some action to spice this thing up because yeah. we just like sort of choppily just like checked in with like six different characters in a row and the forward momentum of the plots. uh kind of ground to a halt for 20 minutes while we did this. It works. I mean, you're still interested in these people because, as we've pointed out, they're all doing an amazing job. Yeah, great acting throughout. But, One more thing yeah. here where, like, uh, Pacino sees uh, Natalie Portman just yeah. sitting at a bus stop all <laughs> just by herself yeah. in the middle of the day. And he's like, what, what the fuck are you doing? I want to be alone. Yeah, she gives him a very dramatic, uh, angsty teen. I felt like being alone. Yeah. He's like, all right, whatever, get in the car. That means nothing to me. Get in the car. Establish the B-plot that you're a depressed, weird teenager now. This is probably going to go somewhere pretty seriously. I'm the only one that gives a shit about you. But finally, after this, that's our last scene of just, like, bouncing back and forth uh, willy-nilly with... Character stuff, because now we got to do the big internet heist thing. Immediately jump. We're at the big internet heist where we're robbing money from the internet or whatever. Yeah. Uh, The cops are there because they know it's all going down. They're ready to make a bust. They just need these guys to actually do the fucking deal, and then they take them down. Pacino is telling everybody, like, be patient. We got to fucking catch these guys red-handed. All the other idiot cops got their fucking adrenaline going, yeah. and they're just fucking ready to pounce. This is this is not going to end well. You can tell already. I got my finger on the trigger. I got my body cam turned off. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Crew rolls up. Uh, they start climbing up telephones and hammering through doors and stuff. You can tell they know how to rob the internet. They got a whole plan here. And, it's uh, almost as tight as uh, Wayne and Garth's plan yeah, in Wayne's World 2. Very similar to Wayne's World 2 or anything that happens in the movie Sneakers. Like, all that internet stuff's going on right here. Uh, Kilmer's drilling through some sort of safe or something mm-hmm. to rob the megabits of the internet where the money's going to come out of. Yep. When a fat-ass cop in the, like, panel van or whatever, they're all staking the place out and just sits back all hard, just just like harumphing. He's plopping. Yeah. He's plopping down. De Niro hears fucking just clank. Fuck what was that, that noise in fucking this supposedly fuck empty fucking alleyway I'm in right now? His cockles are up. You yep. can tell this isn't going the way I wanted it to. And he's a pro, Matt. He's the best. He knows as soon as things don't feel right, get out of there. Walk. Yep. He tells fucking Kilmer, Walk. Walk. Kilmer, for a second, Kilmer's like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm, talking but then he's like, oh, wait, 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 wait. De Niro's a pro. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm a pro. And I'm gonna, if he says walk, walk, we're walking. I'm, I'm betting De Niro ad-libbed that walk thing. Mm-hmm. And Kilmer was just like, the fuck's this guy talking about? <laughs> oh, oh, right. Yeah, our characters. Okay, yeah, okay. Sure. Yeah, 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 we're in a movie. Forgot about that. Yeah, but then the other cops are like, oh, let's take them down. They're leaving. And Pacino's like, what are we going to do? Arrest them for breaking and entering. I think one of these one of these guys is one of the guys from Hot Shots Part Do. If I uh, if I clocked his face right, one of the cops he's like, "Come on, come on, what are we doing? Let's take him down." Uh, the guy who gives uh, I forget, I, forget yeah, I, uh, I recognize his face. Yeah, he probably did. 
Hot Shots Part 2. Look it up. Bing it. I will. So uh, that didn't go well. Pacino didn't get his man. De Niro and crew didn't get their fucking uh, Bitcoin. We got to regroup here. The, the whole crew's got to get together because they now realize the cops are on their ass. They know who they are. They do a nice job of showing how bad Pacino wants to explode, but mm. he doesn't, and he's just a fucking pressure yeah, cooker yeah. the whole fucking movie. You can just read between the lines. Like, if this movie was 10 minutes longer there'd be like three more scenes in it of him just like doing fucking cocaine yeah like all the time you just gotta like read between the lines like yeah he probably was snorting cocaine there he's probably snorting cocaine over at this part yeah you needed like one scene where he's just fucking like busted some criminals or something and then just pocketed all the drugs that were going on there yeah because because that's definitely happening he does a good no question he's yelling a lot but he never loses it. No, yeah. He's he's loud, but he's also just like a a steaming kettle that hasn't boiled over yet. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, De Niro's like, uh, fucking, what are we going to do? Like, we got this big bank job coming up, but the cops are on our ass. Sizemore, you got a kid, you got a family, you've put away a lot of money. I think you should be out. Like, you're fucking out of this crew. Sizemore's like, nah, man, for me... What's he say? Action's where the juice is. <laughs> Whatever he says. Uh, it's uh, the action is the juice. Yeah, the action is the juice. The yeah. action is the juice. That's something you could put on a t-shirt right there. So this guy Let's fucking, he's got the fucking former junkie fucking energy here. where he's, yeah. he's addicted to just being on this team. He doesn't even care about the money. Conversely, Val Kilmer only cares about the money because he's a degenerate gambler. He's yeah. like... Bank job's worth it, man. I need this fucking money. Got Ashley Judd up my ass. Yep. Not enough steaks in the freezer. Like I got baby Dominic at fucking home. Fucking need this Dominic. money. And then, Dominic. Uh, so they're like, okay, I guess we're still going to rob things even though the cops are on our ass. How about you, Trejo? And he's like, yeah, sure. They, they're not giving yeah, Trejo no, too many lines yet. No. They're not sure he's an actor yet. He's like, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. We can do that. He'll still, he'll still be in it. Uh Next scene, Vincent Hanna comes and visits Hank Azaria at his job. Yep. Marches right into this dude's rolls office and just starts slapping him around. Just rolls yeah, in hard. Hank Azaria's like, who, what's going on? Who, who? He gives him up. Who, who? What are you, a fucking owl? Oh, so stupid. Yeah, so we established this guy's got some sort of rap sheet or whatever. Uh, so he can be pushed around by the cops because they're like, we'll just say you're back on your shit if you don't do what we want. We notice you've been fucking this girl we want to get in fucking close with. So you're going to be working for us. And this is also when uh, we get the line. We get the line where his area is just like, oh, how do I get involved in this? Blah, blah, blah. Pacino gives him a, she's got a great ass. And you got your head all the way up its. Zaria maybe has the best fucking delivery of the movie when after it, he just gives him a, Jesus. <laughs> Like, that was full-on not the script. That was like a Zaria just reacting to fucking Pacino's ridiculous delivery. This guy's on cocaine. Jesus. So, yeah, they're going to exploit this guy to get to Ashley Judd. This is all just plot stuff moving forward. Yep. Uh, taken to a 10 by Pacino's fucking tremendous delivery. Oh, yeah. Next scene, the cops get tricked. Cops are dumb. Uh, De Niro and team uh, just lead them like fucking sheep out into the middle of fucking like the dockyards. Yeah. yeah, 
they're acting like they're looking around to steal some shit. These guys are like, oh, we got them cased. What are they stealing? But then they peace out, and they're like, what the fuck have they been stealing here? We're just in the middle of this fucking stupid stockyard. There's nothing around here worth anything. The only one who's as smart as these bad guys. You know, he's the best. He's a pro, man. He's a real pro in in Michael Mann fashion. Yeah. He tells them, uh, this guy's, is this guy something or is he something? something This crew is good. They're good. They're good. You want to know what they're looking at? Oh, they're good. The LAPD. The police departments. They're good. We just got made. We just got made. So, yeah, now they're being surveilled. The surveillers are being surveilled. Who's watching the Watchmen? Then we get another additional Vincent Hanna. Okay, motherfucker! Yeah. Love it whenever he drops a motherfucker in this movie. He's he's giving us some Seagal motherfuckers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, Seagal's on a 10 with his motherfucker. Pacino's on a 12 right here. Yeah. Uh... Next scene, Voight shows back up, and he's got like a whole dossier on Vincent Hanna right here. Yes, sir. He's like, this guy's the best. He's a pro. He's out there. He's fucking, you should, you should rethink doing this job, because this guy's going to, he's not going to rest. He's going to hunt you down. He's a real bulldog, this guy. He's on his third marriage. What do you think that means? He likes staying at home? Yeah. That's another great line. <laughs> also, we learned that he was used to be in the Marine Corps, so we got like some cool, vague, like, Probably Vietnam fucking. Uh, oh, you got love to. to get get a little bit more into like their. I'm sure him and fucking because you got those fucking special forces tattoos oh, on uh, Neil Macaulay when you see him tattoo, fucking the book lady. So you know they're both like fucking got In some Vietnam shit. War pass. The, the two of them were over yeah. there with Frank Castle. We need to dig into some more of this you know shit. That? We need to get absolutely probably. So give me a prequel with them and the Punisher. Yep. Like, uh, doing some shit in Nam. Yeah, and Voight tells him another great line, I think, here. This guy can hit or miss. You can't miss once. You no. sure? So De Niro, you fuck up. That's it. You're going down forever, man. This is all or nothing right here. That's it. And once again, we're just in an underpass in the middle of nowhere when we're talking here. Everybody's worrying about surveillance. So every scene's just set in like vast industrial wasteland. Nothing. Just nothing. It really just gives this movie a very unique look. Yep. Empty and unsettling. Mm-hmm. Yet busy at the same time. Next scene, Pacino shows up at a uh, home and finds his wife's getting dressed to go out without him. And she's yeah. all like pissy about it. Like, mm, fuck it. I'm going to go out and get some dick or whatever. He does nothing. And he's like, fuck it. I'm going to go get in a helicopter and go chase down fucking Neil McCauley then. Who? So, uh, no idea who signed off on this or how much it cost whatever, the department. Man, we got a helo. But we got a helo. Hilo. We got some great got shots of LA at night. Fucking two helos. The sound it? of the fucking chopper blades, like like we had fucking hinted at, is fucking uh, apocalypse now esque. Right. Especially fucking watching this thing with fucking noise canceling headphones like oh, I yeah. was. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. This is some just moody, gorgeous looking this shit. This is right it. <laughs> So he's the, somehow they track down fucking Macaulay's car or whatever, and then somehow they also have like a car on the ground for Pacino to land and get in, so that he can go pull over. This guy's got an unlimited budget, apparently. Have your agent do meet the me at the Conrad. So this is the fucking scene here where uh, he he chases De Niro down, driving like a maniac, pulls him over, yeah. and he's, he's like, on a lot of cocaine while he's driving oh, that car. For fucking there's sure. just cocaine jittery, mania. Jittery energy. I mean, he's just <laughs> he's white knuckling it. Pulls him over, and he's like, "How about we go get a cup of coffee?" This is the scene, man. This is the scene all the dads were fucking stoked about. How you doing? <laughs> what are you sorry? I buy a cup of coffee. Fucking. 
face to face for the first time in this movie or in any other movie. Pacino and De Niro are going to fucking trade some dialogue. Yep. And it's fucking heat. So where are we going to do it? In a diner drinking coffee. Of whole, course. Whole lot of posturing where going else? on. Where here. else would we be? Whole lot of posturing going on. Oh, yeah. And this is just a tremendous, like, it's been talked about enough, so you don't really got to go into it. But just these two acting against each other. They're doing so fucking little, but... Everything's just in their listening, in their eyes. Like, they're very guarded. They're not going to let the other guy fucking know anything. They're saying so much, but they're doing so little. It's just fucking expert shit. Every action movie that tries to be smart that was made after 95 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. steals oh, something 100%. from this scene. Just fucking this back and forth. We're the same side of this. We're different sides of the same coin type fucking like, shit right here. All of those Christopher Nolan Batman movies are written oh, out of this scene. Absolutely. I fucking love it when uh fucking they're talking about their lives and how broken and fucked up they are. And yeah. like Pacino is like, so what? You never wanted a regular life? De Niro gives him the fuck is that? Barbecues and ball games. Yeah. <laughs> they're both like disgusted. Like, can you imagine a Ugh. life where you're going to barbecues and ball games some fucking lame-ass white people that would be the worst i don't care about any of that normie shit fuck no i'm just gonna rack my brain figuring out these crimes de niro gives him another variation of his heat around the corner speech and that's why he'll never fucking get caught that's right pacino's fucking giving him a if it's between you some guy you're gonna make a widow i will not hesitate put you down De Niro says, hey, likewise, friend. Yeah, flip side of that coin. I'm but, not going back. But De Niro... I will never go back to that prison. De Niro does offer up. He's got a little lady. Oh, yeah. He's, he's kind of like says it with his chest puffed out, too. Like, oh, no, no, I got a lady. No, I, like, make, you've I been, make sex with a woman. You've been on two dates with this woman, De Niro. I don't make get, sex with a woman. Don't fucking cocky about it. Done jail time. He wants yeah, to let true. people know that yeah. he's making it with a lady. I love when they start talking about fucking dreams they have too. Yeah. Where Pacino's like, "I got this dream where all the dead bodies I see are lined up and they're looking at me, and they're just staring." <laughs> what, what do they say? He's like, "They don't say anything." That's a pretty fucked up dream, like, Al. That's, that's the story right here. You see dead bodies and they don't do anything. Fucking Al, uh, <laughs> Al that dream's pretty fucked up. It's the most boring story I've ever heard. These are two of the most boring men you could ever meet. Al, they're at the diner. How do either of them have girlfriends? They should be living lonely lives in like Jack Slater fucking sadness apartments. True. Al Pacino tells him all about the dream, and then De Niro turns to him in the diner and he goes, "Oh yeah, well I had a dream where a hamburger was eating me." <laughs> Is that, the, is that a wrong diner scene? It is, is a different, different diner, different scene? diner yeah. scene, but uh, very similar vibes. No, yeah. he tells me he's got a dream where he's drowning. Yeah. What's that about? Time. <laughs> What's that about? I'm interested in what you're saying to me. So they both establish that they like each other, but they're going to fucking kill each other if they get in each other's way. If I don't wake up, I'll stop breathing. Yeah, but then De Niro's like, maybe we'll never see each other again. And then they just give each other great looks to end the scene where, like, they don't say anything, they don't react, but you could tell they're both just like, no, that's not how this is playing out. We're definitely going to see each other again. Just the subtlety, One way or fucking another, man. Fucking crushes. Next scene, fucking, uh, they dumped us. They dumped us. Yeah. Pacino shows up back at work, old Vincent Hanna, and they're just like, uh, every single member of this crew Slipped our fucking surveillance. surveillance. All like, of it's They gone. all disappeared. Fucking. We've got uh, shit Pacino set up everywhere. We got. I nothing. had coffee with Macaulay half an hour ago. That's right. 
They're like, oh, yeah, but then he drove to the fucking airport and fucking our helo couldn't fly over. And nope. He never came out. Never came out. We don't know where these fucking guys are. They're, these they're, guys are pros, man. They're the fucking best. They're drilling underneath. That's what they're doing. Yeah, we get shots of them in some sort of basement drilling and replacing computer chips. They got all sorts of different. They're stealing from the internet. You got to. Uh, Fickner and Wayne Grow have a meeting after this. This is a real meeting of the minds here. Wayne Grow is like, oh, yeah, me and Macaulay took some major scores together. Yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't, you idiot. You took one score with him, and then he almost fucking killed you afterwards, anyway. you fucking scumbag. He's like, I got some moves I can make here. Probably be a big help to you. Yeah. Wayne Grow is trying to get a payday here because fucking William Fickner is scared for his life. He knows that he's a dead man on one end of a telephone. Yes, sir. So we got a couple bad guys doing a classic bad guy fucking team-up thing going on here. You got to. Um, ooh, next scene, we're getting ready. We're at a diner again. Oh. Just butt plug fall out? I don't know, what the hell? Uh, could something so- sounded pretty serious. Either way, we're back at another fucking diner. Uh, Haysbert's working the fucking grill. He's getting talked to like a piece of shit by Bud Cord again. All of our fucking crew, except for Trejo, is there. And uh, we're getting ready to fucking rob some shit, but Trejo calls him up, and he's like, I'm having trouble fucking dumping these fucking tails, man. Like, yeah, they're, they're on me. I fucking can't get rid of them. He's real nervous. He's like, sorry, bros. I'm not going to be able to fucking be the wheel man on this thing. That was nice of him, though. Yeah, De Niro was like, oh. Appreciate your honesty. Just, okay, cool, man. Uh, see you later. I know this guy working the grill from the joint, though. He's a pretty stand-up guy. I'm just going to go ask him if he'll yeah. be the wheel man. Matter of factly. This is a big this is a big moment here where this character who's only got like three scenes has this whole full on character arc where he's got this potential new life in front of him yeah. and suddenly he's given a choice. Like, are you gonna continue to eat shit or are you gonna take the easy choice, slip back into your old shit yeah. and uh come do a job with us? One answer, yes or no, right now, De Niro tells him. He's, he loves doing this to people being yeah. like you got to decide uh, right, right now, on though. The line. Yeah, you got I'll give you this option, but you got to decide right this second. Haysbert quits. He throws a uh, bud cord on the floor, which is a pretty satisfying moment. Yeah, they march out there to do the big fucking bank robbery scene, which is basically the reason why this movie is our two hundredth fucking anniversary episode thing to talk about. Because this has got to be the best fucking shootout scene I have ever seen in a movie ever, based on a but real story. Going, yeah, going on the fucking. Uh, Putting it on the line there, I think this is the best shootout I've ever seen in a movie ever. It's based off of a real L.A. bank heist. Yeah, based off of, uh, yeah, there's real Neil McCauley and his crew and how they all got shot up. But then also, like, two years after this, another thing happened in, like, downtown L.A. that looked just like this. And they were all like, the fucking real-life heat shootout's fucking happening. The heat shootout. Yeah, they robbed the fucking bank. Uh, it starts with Kilmer and Sizemore beating the shit out of all the guards with slapjacks. It's pretty yep. brutal. They've all got awesome ski masks and machine guns. People are screaming. They're zip-tying people's hands. De Niro is fucking barking orders at people. I love how he goes to the bank manager. And he's like, keys. And the guy's like, what keys? And he instantly just punches Whack. him in the nose, reaches into his fucking coat, takes the keys, then tells him just like, stay there. Don't move. Let, Let it, it bleed. bleed. <laughs> Let, Let it bleed. bleed. Such a fucking badass thing to bark at somebody. Yeah. They get in the fucking safe, and Kilmer's just wrapping duffel bags around gigantic bricks of fucking money. Stacks of money. <laughs> I want those giant bricks of money so bad. Like, 
watching them carrying these bags of money, it's like that Damn, looks bank robber be so cool, heavy and terrible. Like that's how much money that's is true. in there. Yeah, that's it's, it's, it's a lot of money to carry around. Yeah. But uh, these guys are pros. They're very efficient. They're point break esque in the way they get in and out of this fucking shit. You know, it's, it's around this time uh-huh. that uh, uh-huh. Pacino. Oh no, gets a heads up down at the PD Ooh. that uh, call comes. They in. got a tip from a CI. Turns out you're. Your boys are going to rob a bank at 11.30. Yeah. They're all like, oh, shit, that's right now. We better get fucking down there and stop this shit. Yeah. So, yeah, cops get a call. Sizemore is the first one out of the building. He's walking all casual, makes it to the getaway car, and they're all stoked like, fuck, man, that shit went smooth. We're fucking out of here. No problem. He doesn't realize just on the mm, other side mm, of town, Pacino's mm. racing over, That's directing right. traffic. That's right. I need roadblocks set up at Padina. Yeah, he's he's doing his thing. He's, he's always thing. directing traffic. Ted Levine running, riding shotgun. All the all the cops are here. They're they're all showing up. Uh, Kilmer and De Niro are out. Uh, De Niro makes it to the car. Kilmer is the last one. He gives himself the, the rare grin here right before. He, and then the second before he hops in the car, he sees him across the street. Right across the street. A couple of cops have showed up. Doesn't hesitate. Pulls up his fucking machine gun and just starts blasting them. He was rock and roll. Just like that, fucking, These guys were rock and roll. Just like that. So, yeah. Enter the biggest fucking craziest shootout you've ever fucking seen in a movie. Yeah. This is just like large fucking scale. Somehow they pulled this shit off on just like a busy Busy fucking street, LA midday, street, right. packed with so many cars and extras that it just looks like goddamn real life. Like, not for a second does this feel like a scene from a fucking movie ever. So many rounds are fired, thousands so of fucking rounds. So many. It's nonstop machine Apparently gun just weeks, they spent weeks just out on a shooting range teaching these guys how to shoot these guns properly, Did teaching they? them, like, proper fucking, like, military uh it's very breaking tactical. your way out of an ambush shit like it's just they had shit like measured out exactly like how it was gonna be on the street where they just ran through the geography of it over and over again and it, it's very tactical just a beautiful like, fucking intricately laid out fucking all the cover they're taking yeah, like everything nero's got himself perfectly positioned you know between where the cops are a tree and a car you see the hole you, where they can shoot through to break through like being fucking surrounded and get out like all the geography is so good guys are taking you know Cover behind engine blocks. That's if somebody's shooting, you want that engine between you and them. And that's the safest spot. Like you hinted at earlier, this isn't just fucking like normal movie making, Foley guys making the sounds of fucking gunfire. This is, they had fucking microphones everywhere recording the actual sounds of the firing going on. Yeah. You listen to this shit and surround sound. You hear fucking every shot that's fired on yes. one side of the fucking room, and then you hear it hit something on the other side of the room. Yep. There's a full-on immersive 3D soundscape that happens You here. can hear fucking shells raining on the ground. I mean, yeah, all Going through fucking the bodies of cars, all the fucking glass that gets shattered here. There's... The sound editing on this movie is just so impeccable. It's like nothing I've ever fucking seen. Yeah. This is such an exciting goddamn scene. I love it so much. It's so cool. So, yeah, uh, fucking Ted Levine gets blown away first. 
big squibs. He's gushing blood everywhere. Yeah, it's not looking good for Pacino him. Pacino just starts doing some running after their car, and I don't think enough gets said about Pacino's running in this movie. Okay. There's several scenes where he's doing some Tom Cruise-esque fucking running after yeah. the bad guys. He's not the youngest spring no. chicken in 95. He's no. He's got to be in his 40s like here, and he's, he's fucking hoofing it, man. He's getting yeah. it. Uh, Haysbert gets fucking shot in the head while they're trying to get away. And I yep. love how this fucking shit's fucking, uh, blocked. Cause you're just, once again, the camera's just over the shoulder of the passenger inside of the car. And you just see blood splatter on the windshield yeah. inside of it. And it could only have been coming from where Haysbert's head was. Yeah. And then you just see him fucking loosey goosey forehead smacking against the wheel of the car. Yeah. They all got to bail and run away on foot. Now we got a big fucking foot chase happening. Val Kilmer's pinned in on both sides. So he's doing that cool thing where he's like, then like fucking 90 degree pivot. So fucking cool. Yeah. Fucking everything's getting shot out. Stuff's going down. Kilmer takes a shot. Yeah. he's down. De Niro's got to grab him and fight. Vietnam War movie-esque, like, drag him out of there. Yeah. Once again, I'm like, should probably just put a bullet in his head and fucking get out of there. This is is some loose ends you're leaving behind here, Robert De Niro. That's the thing. He thinks there's nothing that he can't walk away from, but he's got his own hang-ups, Nate. Mm -hmm. He's got his own hang-ups. So uh, De Niro and Pacino stumble into a grocery store parking lot where they manage to get away because Pacino's too loud and too scary. He keeps telling everybody, move on! But he's just so intimidating that I think everybody's freaking out and just bumping into him and getting in his way more. He's just running around with a huge machine gun that's that's like every bit as big as he is. He's a tiny, tiny man. Right. Carrying a gigantic machine gun. So, yeah, people just keep stumbling into him and bumping into him. So, fucking De Niro throws Kilmer into somebody's car. Somebody's station wagon. They fucking peel the fuck out of there. Sizemore kills like six more cops. He's trying to get through through like some sort of like... uh, office space like a courtyard or something and this is when he grabs some little random little girl and picks her up and is just shuffling along with her using her as a human shield yeah like this really struck me here i'm just like i've watched him just like brutally murder like half a dozen cops like whoever else happens to be around and then i'm just like come on come on get away and he picks up this little girl and uses her human shield you're like Oh, yeah, this guy's a fucking horrible yeah, this scumbag. Guy's, this guy's got to die. These people are real pieces of shit that this movie's got me rooting for right here. I should probably step back and relook at this thing a little bit. Take a breather here. Okay. A little, a little too involved here. Pacino gets the drop on him from behind. Uh, yeah. Sizemore doesn't see him coming. Uh, he's, he's, he's shooting at the cops. He's shuffling sideways. Turns around as soon as he sees Pacino. This guy doesn't hesitate, man. No. Takes that fucking headshot. Blam! Whammo! Doesn't even care he's got a little girl in his arms. No. Fucking shoot Sizemore. Cold-blooded. Just Stone like Cold that. badass. Vincent Hanna. Just like Give that. me all you got! And he did. Then we get like a sort of little montage thing where there's news reports of all this shit going on. Like, crazy fucking bank robbery happened. A lot of people are dead. And like, everybody's wives and girlfriends are seen on the just TV. Just so we can just get like the that. other 50 characters like, up to yeah, speed like, with oh, what Oh, I know exactly what this probably was and who's involved in this. Oh, no. Uh, Dennis Haysbert's lady instantly is just like, I know that scumbag got involved in this and he's probably dead now. Well, they show his Son picture at least. Son and they're like, just, this guy's dead. So he's dead. <laughs> uh, next scene. We're at a vet- veterinarian's office, Matt. Yeah. And uh, 
We got pre-hair plugs Jeremy Piven showing up in the we movie. sure do. What's going on? Some sort of, I think he's a, probably a veterinarian, some sort of low-rent uh, Dr. De Niro knows. He's uh, paying him all this dirty money to pull bullets out of Val Kilmer. He's fresh off the heels of the hit TV show Ellen. Gotta be. Gotta be. Uh, De Niro's ordering him to take his shirt off and giving it to him. He's all like, oh, my kid gave me this shirt. And he's like, shut up! Yep. De Niro doesn't fuck around in this movie. He orders people around. Yeah. Uh, he gives them stacks of money. Yeah, I get it. Like, uh, he can't be rolling around with... A shirt that's completely covered in uh, other people's <laughs> blood. It's slow. No. conspicuous. But also, like, imagine how much, like, Jeremy Piven back hair is, like, in that new shirt he's putting oh, on. Oh, like, yeah. That's pretty gross. I wouldn't just want to be putting on yeah. an unwashed Jeremy Piven shirt. So it's, much body hair. It's fucking gross, man. Close so, personal uh, friend of mine, Jeremy Piven. We yeah. went to a Hawks game together. Oh, wow. That's good. Yeah, yeah I think... I think I've probably been to three or four he was at, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's always showing up those things. But did you sit next to him? No, I did not, for okay, sure. Okay, well. So Kilmer here, he's just like, oh, what what happened, man? Like, uh, how did we get so found out? And De Niro is like, uh, who wasn't there? Trejo. He knows. Yeah. That's, that's the fucking weak link here. He's got to go find Trejo and see what happened. Uh, Spoiler alert, pal. What, what is it? Somebody else already found Trejo. Oh, yeah. De Niro shows up, and Trejo has just been tortured to shit is what happens yeah. he's good on the ground there's blood everywhere good makeup on that face yeah fucking cool like uh he chokes out enough to give de niro some info so the plot can keep going here he's yeah. like wayne grow they got anna man yep it's, wayne grow and van zant they haven't really given trejo a chance to deliver any lines here but he gets like a big dramatic death scene right here and i think this yeah. is when hollywood decided like oh wait Danny Trejo isn't just an interesting face to throw into your crime movies. Like, maybe we can give him some speaking roles and let him act and shit. I can't. I'm not going to make it. I can't feel anything. My hand is gone. Yeah. Don't leave me like this. So then De Niro shoots him point blank in the forehead. De Niro's a good guy. They're fucking friends, man. Yeah. He's fucking your friend. You're going to let him suffer. You got to shoot him in the fucking forehead. You can't just be letting him suffer a death like that. Yeah. He's a good dude. Best, Best friends shoot each other in the face. Goddamn right. Uh, meanwhile, Ashley Judd's baby won't stop crying, and she's fucking freaking out, and she's like, Dominique! I'm gonna call up the cops and probably make a deal, because, uh, everything seems to be falling apart for me. My wow. meal ticket, I don't think, is coming back. Well. Uh, De Niro calls up Voight and is like, how about you give me William Fickner's address? Yeah. So, you know, Voight gives him that, so, guess he's gotta drive up to the hills now and kill William Fickner, that's another thing. Gotta have to. Pacino's trying to figure it all out. He figures oh, okay, yeah. they got about eight to ten hours before fucking uh, De Niro's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. gone. So, somehow they figure out uh, the bang, bang. Bye, information bye. they got uh, about the bank robbery came from this guy by the name of Henry Rollins. Got about eight to ten hours and then bang, bang, bye, bye. So Pacino shows up at Henry Rollins' uh, door, shoots it in, and reads that. He's yelling at him, who yeah. told you? You right, motherfucker! Who? <laughs> Pacino is probably the only person that could call like fucking Henry Rollins a rat motherfucker Tiny and get away Pacino with it. Pacino grabs Henry Rollins by his collar and throws, throws him, him through, through a window, plate glass window. <laughs> Yeah. Fucking, he's so intense in this movie and so coked up. I totally believe his little ass throwing around Henry Rollins. Like, it works. I love it. Great fucking image here. You know why uh, Henry Rollins told him? Hmm. What's that? No, do you know why he did? Why, 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 why is that? Because he's a liar. Oh, you see what I did? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So he tells him all about uh, how he had the information uh, and where he got it. It's this guy, Wayne Grow. 
So uh, De Niro, meanwhile, shows up at Fickner's place, mm-hmm. and he just uh, crawls through the bushes around to the back uh, patio, and then just yeah. picks up one of the lawn chairs. Real life. Hooks it through his fucking plate glass window. I love how scared <laughs> De Niro's face is when he's like, oh, Jesus, where's that glass going to go? That's right. And he starts yelling at Fickner, who was lounging in his fucking sofa, where's Wayne Grove? Where's Wayne Grove? Everybody's looking for Wangro here. Fickner plays dumb for like two seconds, and De Niro's like, all right, fuck this, and just blows him away. I got time. Just shoots him in the heart four times. You're dead. That's right. Uh, Next scene, Hank Azaria is at Ashley Judd's place because she's called the cops. They got him around. He's just being a scumbag because he hates being wrapped up in this. It's just uh, being a misogynist dick to Ashley Judd. Yeah. This chick he was banging on the side, which is pretty funny. Meanwhile, black cop guys playing like good cop, trying to all uh, like uh, sweet talk yep. Ashley Judd into giving up Chris because they don't really have any information about him other than he's uh, linked to her. They need her to like finger him, be like, that's him, fucking yeah. that's your guy, take him down. She's too cynical and like beaten down by life to be happy about the fact that she's doing this, but she's also just like, uh, these cops are going to fuck me and my life's going to be over if I don't go along with it. Yeah. I don't think you're fucking fooling anybody, cops, but yeah, I'm going to do it. Tur- turns out I'm going to finger this guy. So, yeah, life's got to change. It's got to go down. It's got to be that way. got to be that way. So yeah, Pacino's beating all the info about Wayne Grow out of Rollins. They call him, let him know that Judd's about to flip. He's just like, okay, okay, uh, maybe we can smoke fucking Neil McCauley out here. He tells him to put the word on the street to all the fucking pimps and pushers where Wayne Grow is. Yeah. Because it's going to get around to McCauley, and he's going to take that bait. He's not going to be able to resist to come out of the shadows, and that's going to be his one chance to get this guy before he skips town. And goes fucking surfing forever. Bang, bang. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, next scene, Edie learns who Macaulay is. De Niro shows up, and he's all casual, like, oh, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a piece of shit bank yeah. robber. I killed a bunch of people today. Anyways, uh, we pack a bag. We're going to New Zealand or whatever. We're going or what? It's just very casual, very stupid. He's got no clue that this just normal woman he met is going to be morally outraged and disgusted by everything that he's done today. Slash partially terrified. Yeah, also horribly terrified. So she goes running off hysterically crying. He just, he's like, oh, that didn't go as well as I thought. He Let just, her chase her down. Yeah, wrestles her down in the weeds. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, she's, uh, she's, 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 she's fully in understanding that she's been dating a gangster now and she's like uh when will you let me leave she's giving him pointed things like i know that i can't leave because you will fucking kill me and now i'm fucking stuck here he's trying to be like oh no come on baby we'll go to new zealand but she's recoiling she's disgusted at his touch now he just keeps trying and uh it's not working he's yeah. he's kind of fucked up this relationship is what it seems like but he's not giving up. Uh-huh, yeah. She's she's not the typical battered woman like the Ashley Judd character, though. Like, she 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 knows she's in danger, and she wants out. Hey, speaking of relationships, how's Pacino doing? Uh, well, he goes back to, to Janice's place to see how his wife is. Should be fine, she's right? she's like, hey, this is my friend Ralph. Ralph? That's what she tells him. Fucking... Todd from T2's here. He's banging Pacino's wife, as it turns out. Not Vincent Todd. Hanna's getting cucked, and she's just flaunting in front of him. Oh, this is Jesus. my friend Ralph. I've been fucking him all day. Uh, here in this house we live in together. You can ball my wife if she wants you to, <laughs> but you do not watch my fucking TV, you know? 
Yeah, the little TV has been watching the whole movie. Comes back. He's trying to play it cool like he doesn't care, but he's got to blow up about something. So he something. projects it all on the fucking TV. Yeah. Then he gives her just like a real venomous, I never cheated on you, you bitch. You bitch. Their <laughs> uh, situation is absurd. She tells him, I, I agree. This uh, relationship is fucking absurd. These are two people who only understand how to communicate through attacks. Yes. So they're just attacking each other. Yes. Different levels and different levels. Also, they're just uh, fucking just demasculating Ralph who's sitting through this. Shut up, Ralph! Sit down! Shut up, Ralph! (laughs) Sit down! She starts telling him, like, uh, you've been such a piece of shit, just completely checked out. Now I have to demean myself with Ralph just to get closure with you. (laughs) They're fucking... This is full-on the uh, vegetable lasagna. lasagna. I was just going to say to you. We're Buddy and Elaine are just arguing over vegetable lasagna. You're just going to stare? Poor man, Ralph. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) You want something to read? No. (laughs) Are you going to take a nap? Or... No. <laughs> you just going to sit there staring at the back of the seat? <laughs> That's it! I cannot take this! I mean, look at this. Nothing has changed. We've been back together two hours. We're having the same problems we had 12 hours ago. Now tell me about it. I don't know why I ever took you back. Oh, please. I took you back. You know it. I know it. Vegetable lasagna here knows it. Please, please. I don't want to get involved. I hope a giant mountain rises out of the ocean and we just ram right into it and end this whole thing. Oh, God. Okay, so next scene. Sometimes it's nice to just stare. Yeah. Putty's not wrong. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Voight's got a new out for De Niro. He's giving him his flight information over the phone. Uh, Chris, he tells him, uh, kind of bailed to go try and hook back up with his wife and yeah, his kid. Yeah, he took off already, man. Tells him, it's a free country, brother, which can't, can't argue with that right there. Sure but is. De Niro knows that his friend Chris is now doomed because he did not walk out yeah. on his wife and kid when the heat was around the corner. That's right. But he's too blind to see that he's right in the middle of making all the same mistakes is what's yep. happening here. Very ironic. Very ironic. Lakers beat the Supersonics. Hell yeah. Next scene, he's pleading with Edie, just like, come on, fucking go to New Zealand with me, man. I don't want to be alone. Gives her a legitimate chance to walk. Like, I know you think I'm a... Fucking cold-blooded murderer. Think but, I'm some kind of murder yeah, guy. Just like, it, it, for real. You can fucking walk out right now, but also if you do, my life is meaningless. He gets open with her. He gets real. He's he's letting if somebody leave, in. He's breaking all his own rules. Back. And she's like, you know what, you old so and so, I'm in. Ah. Let's fucking let's. I'm gonna. Go to New Zealand and try to build a romantic relationship with a psychopathic bank robbing murderer. Yeah. Yeah. So. He's got money. She's making bad choices. She's she's letting him touch hey. her again. They're being all intimate. Hey, hey, that was a smart play, all right? Okay. This is, that crew is down to two people. That's true, yeah. That twelve million that money less gonna, right Yeah. Now. It's going a lot further now. Next scene's our big uh finale with chris here where he goes back to uh hook up with his wife ashley judd yep to find that the place is crawling with cops 
They're like, just go to the window, Ashley Judd, and just point to this guy down in this car parked outside. Just tell us it's him. All you got to do is say it's him, and we can swoop in and arrest him. And fucking, then you can make a deal. You and your kid can get out of here scot-free. Kilmer shows up. You know, white Camaro. That's a pr- he's he's cut off his sweet he's ponytail because he's, he's laying his, low now. He's got a classic Iceman haircut. Oh yeah, I was gonna say. I think it's uh It looked like he was rolling right into the saint after this. I feel like is, yeah. is what it seemed like. From I always love when you can tell like eh, what movie is this guy doing? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Just like when uh Bruce Willis does uh the Jackal, and you know he's got Fifth Element going because oh, he's well, got that sure, dumb yeah. blonde uh-huh. hair. Dumb blonde hair. She goes out to the balcony, they lock eyes, and uh, she decides she can't throw him under the bus because they've just been through too much together. She yeah. waves him off like, no, don't come up here, man. She's got some secret fucking code where she just slides her hand across the rail like, Mm-mm. Oh, yeah, it's fucking Mm-mm. blackjack shit. This guy's yeah. a degenerate gambler. He knows, yeah. uh, no, don't hit. Fucking, I'm out. Don't hit, bro. <laughs> fucking done with this shit. So they have a whole conversation just like with facial expressions. Some more great acting going on, yeah, scene, quite frankly. That's true. Yeah, so he plays it cool, fucking gets back in his car and leaves. Cops are still just like, yeah, fucking pull him over, see if uh, that's really him. Nah. He knows John Voight, though, so he's got all sorts of like fake documents. Yeah, he's John Peterson. Fucking Val Kilmer rolls right out of this movie. We never see him again. Where's that Val Kilmer sequel? I want to see what Chris is doing in his degenerate life. Don't he- you understand? Kindergarten Cop is a direct sequel. Oh. Dominic? <laughs> Could be. A yeah. kid? Okay. You know? They just uh, <laughs> recast uh, Val Kilmer as, as that guy who played Crisp. In, uh, yeah. Tyson okay. Crisp or whatever. Could be. Yeah. Could you be, know? Yeah. I could, I could maybe see that. Yeah, he's got the ponytail again. He's growing his hair back. Hannah's up. getting impatient now. What do you got? He's calling everybody. What do you got? Uh, nobody's got any info. He's no. got people all over this fucking motel where Wayne grows hold up. Fucking De Niro's not the taking the bait. Dead, they man. can't find anything. The, the the trail has gone cold is what's going on here. He's letting them know it's over. Yeah. he Got, got, what do we got? Bon voyage, motherfucker. You were That's good. Right. One last, you were good. You, you got, were good. This is a Michael Mann movie. You got to talk about how good everybody was, yeah. what pros they were. Yeah. He's giving up. A lot up. of praise, a lot of talking up. Yeah, fucking Macaulay got away. He's, uh, this is, he's going to go back to his, his hotel room and sleep for a month, yeah. he tells everybody. I'm going to take a shower and sleep for a month. Unfortunately, when he shows up, uh, young Natalie Portman has uh, committed suicide in his bathtub. So yeah. That's something you, you hate to see. You're not going to be able to go to bed with a... 13-year-old fucking halfway dead girl. No, no matter how hard you try. He starts fucking freaking out, pulling her out of there. She's like slit her wrists, but she's also like slit like the arteries in her thigh. Like this girl did some like fucking Googling before she tried to kill herself. She was pretty serious about it. She had some kind of medical Mm -hmm, journals. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This was before the internet. Uh, Also, very, very telling that this young girl has been failed by uh, everybody in her life. Goes to... uh, Cokehead psychopath cop Vincent Hanna when she, when she wants to finally do this big uh, cry for help. He's, he's the only one that really cared. The only guy who I think only guy who never promised her anything and then uh, didn't then came up fucking short. Yep. Like, this guy this guy never told her he was going to do anything for her. Like he was got, always honest with yeah, her. They got a pretty straightforward relationship right here. I think she but, valued uh, that. He takes her to the hospital. He's screaming out orders like he's seen like every fucking every episode, episode of ER. ER baby. Yeah, just like. I need three cc's of this shit. Fucking incubator over here, whatever. Hey, these guys are doctors, Vincent Han. I think they'll be able to figure out. He commands the room, man. Mom's already there, Janice or whatever. She's fucking freaking out. She's yeah. she's wailing, fucking 
this 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 lady's not a good lady. No, like, uh, no, she's like, on grass and Percocets. Yeah, this is yeah. They get word that the girl's gonna be okay after the things, and she just starts sobbing like, "Oh, look what she did to herself!" And I'm like, "We got no relief that your yeah. daughter's alive. God We're still just like this. wailing you around did, in the you fucking, fucking past. narcotics agent." No, yeah, this things aren't gonna be good for this young lady going forward. She's still got scumbag mom. Yeah, <laughs> this is what's happening? Gonna be she a lot. She seeks out therapy. trauma and traumatizers, and that's just not gonna happen. No. Yeah. Uh, we get one last call. Gino says, though, he's staying, though. He's oh, like, I'm yeah, staying. he's got to. He's, got a, he's, he's finally uh, given up on Macaulay. He's here for I'm family staying. now. Macaulay has one last call with Voight. Yep. And he's like, uh, uh, I know you're probably not going to care, but I've got word where Wayne Grows hold up on. You're not going to care. Dinero's like, you figured right. I don't care. I'm okay. over that. I got a beautiful lady yeah, here. Going to New Zealand. Going to New Zealand. Uh, Macaulay's fooling himself, though. He's gonna go live with that guy that played Django Fett. To attachment now. He's no longer a Buddhist. He's just wallowing around in human suffering. It's time for him to seek vengeance, is what's yeah. gonna happen. Yeah. This is some great acting from De Niro here, where Edie's like, what's wrong? He's like, nothing. Home free. But then he just is a little fidgety, and his yeah. eyes are a little bit darting. Yep. <laughs> just like, nope, this guy, his skin's fucking trying to rip off his body and run away. Like, nope, nope, nope. He's, he's, he's not going to be able to let this one go. Not going to be able to let this one go. Yeah. Little tiny acting. De Niro, little tiny acting. Pacino, big loud acting. Yes. De Niro also mm-hmm. driving a Camaro. Yeah, yeah. Just like Kilmer here. Fucking cool. Where are they getting all these Camaros? John Voight. He's oh, okay. got a whole lot of them probably. That's nice of them. Uh, my next, uh, bullet point is room 1735. Yeah. This is the room that, uh, De Niro finds out Wayne grows in because yeah. he fucking turns around and takes him and Edie right to this fucking hotel yep. instead of taking him to the fucking airport and flying out. Like an idiot. To New Zealand where they should be. I like how he just rolls into the hotel, like finds a fucking like internal use phone in the back, calls up the front desk, just like yeah. knows how to do this, pretends like he's room service and like gets the fucking, just like this guy, this bank robber has just like hey. conned his way into people's hotel rooms a million times in his life. Like, Jameson ordered a BLT, knows how we screwed it up. What's his room very number casual. again? Very, very cool. He knows how to do all this shit. Takes the elevator hey. up. Hey, Hmm. He's a pro. He's the best, Matt. Yeah. He's the best. Takes the elevator up, jams the door so it won't shut, hits the fire alarm so there's chaos. This guy's created a whole plan on how he's going to do this. He's got a security Just in the time on. it took to drive a couple blocks to he's this. got a gun place. and a yeah. flashlight. He's ready. Meanwhile, Pacino, he's having a calm, just like a moment finally. He's calmed this chick down at the fucking hospital. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, she's recognizing, like, oh, man, you're really here for us right now. Yeah. My daughter, when all was lost, she picked you. Like, maybe you're you're that rock. Maybe we can uh, yeah. build some sort of, uh-oh, he gets a page. There's shit going down where Wayne Grow is. He just takes a look at Decision time, Pacino. You gonna... You gonna stick around with this lady, or you gonna go out there and fucking thrill of the hunt? He's, What's it gonna be? He's sticking. He just takes a look and he's like, "It can wait." You and know. She asks him, "Is there any way that it could work out between us?" He tells her, "Nah, man. All I am is what I'm going after." Yep. She realizes it. Like, oh, okay, yeah, you're a scumbag. Go get him, Tiger. Go get him. And then as soon as he gets that little permission, he's fucking yeah. running out of that place. He's got life in his face running again. Running away from this he's woman excited. and his fucking little kid. He's never going to see them again. No. She gives him one last disgusted look as he leaves. That's it. He's gone. Uh, Macaulay kills Wayne Grow after this. 
Yeah. It's fucking pretty brutal. Acts like he's security at the door, and Wayne Grove's like, it's why don't we just talk out. about this, huh, brother? No, it's fire. You got to go. Yeah. Fucking kicks Everybody's in the leaving. door. Beats the shit out of him with a flashlight, I think. Yep. Like brains him with a flashlight. Yep. Wayne Grove falls back into one of those, like, uh, old-timey hotel chairs. It was, like, overly ornate yeah. hotel chairs. You always get in a hotel room. Look at me. Look, Look at, me. at me. Look at me. He wants this guy to know this scumbag that nobody should care about. He needs him to know that he got one over on him and this guy did not beat him. This is his ego, man. Yep. His ultimate betrayal. The, the thing he ultimately can't let go of is his own fucking ego. That's right. He's got to be the smartest man in the room. Edie sees all the chaos happening. She's confused. It's like, figure it out, lady. You're with the scumbag. He's in there fucking killing people. I don't you think need she's to, confused. I think she's like, you need Jesus get the fuck out Christ, of there, man. What am I signing up for? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Vincent Hanna shows up in his helo. That's right. Established, he can just have a helicopter come pick him up whenever the fuck he wants and drop him off where the fuck ever. Wherever he needs to be. De Niro's leaving the place. He's about to get in the car with Edie. Then he hesitates. He senses the heat around the corner, Matt. He does. We've been hearing about the heat around the corner this whole fucking movie. He's he's sensing it. The heat's... The heat's Pacino. Fucking, this is, this is the true fucking moment. Are yeah. you going to drop everything and fucking uh, leave when the heat's around the corner? He does. He sure he does. He abandons Edie, and she's looking all confused. Like, where the fuck's that guy going? She's. You just she's got abandoned, sad. man. The heat's yeah. around the corner. This is the thing You're never going to see about. this guy again. He's walking the fuck away. He, he warned you. This is the thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he thinks he's sticking to his rules here, but he's already broken his rules because... When he was around the corner, he couldn't give up his ego. So nah. he's doomed here. In classic noir film tradition, this guy broke bad. Things are going to end bad for him. Yep. Um, Pacino's really booking here. This yeah, is the second scene where he's just after. fucking Tom Cruise running. We got a big foot chase here. They run all the way, like Forrest Gump style, just like onto the runways of the airport somehow. Yeah, I should point out real quick. For this hotel, the runways of the airport, no problem. Pacino knew where to go because he saw the girl sitting in the car by herself. Yeah, that's right. And he put it together like, look at her just sitting there. Because he's the best. He's a pro. Like, that's got to be his lady. He told me that he's balling somebody. That's her. That's got to be her. Final confrontation here. These guys run out to this like fucking empty spot in the fucking airport where there's yeah. like all these weird little huts around little utility boxes catting and mousing around these utility boxes just like who's gonna shoot the other one whoever gets the first shot off is gonna fucking win here the other yeah. one's gonna fucking lose it's come down to one guy's gotta die the other one's gonna fucking get away pacino versus de niro this yeah. is the moment the dads have been waiting for plane comes down to land whole bunch of lights come on oh, de niro yeah. takes notice oh Total darkness. Like, Why? What was with all these fucking lights. bright lights? A great little just like fucking set up for yeah. like a base, a horror movie scene is what we're doing yeah. right here. So he's got a plan. He's going to creep around uh, behind these lights. He's going to wait for them to come on the next time. Pacino will be blinded, and then that's when he's going to pop out and pounce. Pretty solid plan. Pretty solid plan, except he uh, outsmarts himself, Matt. Because he gets in front of these lights. It throws a shadow. He moved a little too soon. One second early, Pacino sees a shadow. It gives him away. He turns, blows away Bobby De Niro. <sighs> Fucking three so clean shots. Dead. Three clean shots. 
This is our big finale. That fucking soundtrack we were talking about, this is yeah. when it really is just swelling huge. Oh, yeah. These guys come face-to-face, lock eyes, one last time. De Niro tells him, told you I was never going back. Then he holds out his hand for Pacino to take his hand. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are soulmates, Matt. Their lives are ruined. They gave up everything just to play this stupid game against each other. In their last moment, all they have is each other, which is nothing. This is the most masculine story ever told. Possibly. To quote Pacino uh-huh. at the end of this film. Yeah. yeah. Right when that movie, or right when that music hits its fucking pulsing but still quiet and restrained crescendo, fade to black, a Michael Mann film. Yes! We're in our fucking credits. Woo! The quintessential Michael Mann film. He did it. Took us a long time to talk about it, but maybe not as long as I anticipated. We did kind of okay. Oh, yeah. Let's take a quick break. Eh, not too bad. Get some coming attractions. See what other dramas we're going to be speaking about in the month of November. When we come back, we'll jump right into it. Heat is going to enter Judgment Ooh. Day. In the city of New York, a crime is committed every eight seconds. But just across the river lies a quiet town called Garrison, New Jersey, where New York's finest return home. The hero cop, unwilling to trust the system, jumps from the George Washington Bridge. Today, he is laid to rest here in the cemetery at Garrison, New Jersey. Swear brings you to our fair city. I heard it was a way of life out here. Thought I'd check it out for myself. Where are we, uh, like the Amish now? It's a place where the sheriff wears the badge, but the cops own the town. My jurisdiction ends at the George Washington Bridge. But half the men I watch live beyond that bridge, where no one's watching. I'm watching. Thank you, the sheriff of Copland. He always dreamed of becoming one of them. I'd like to meet Sheriff Freddie Heffler. Freddie's a hell of a guy. Well, you should call me. But now, he has uncovered something that could force him to choose between protecting his idols and upholding the law. Babbage isn't dead, you know it, and I know it. Do you have any idea how connected he is? It's over. The case is closed. You butt head with these friends of ours? You're going to come at them head on? I offered you a chance to be a cop, and you blew it! Being right is not a bulletproof vest, Freddy! What are you going to do, Sheriff? You're going to arrest the whole town? Everybody's watching you, Freddy. Sylvester Stallone, Harvey Keitel, Ray Liotta, and Robert De Niro. Copland. You want your own wife kidnapped. Her dad, he's real well off. A salesman. <laughs> Two crooks. Would it kill you to say something? A cop. You were having sex with a little fella then. Yeah. yeah. A crime that could only have happened this way. So what's the deal now? Triple homicide? In Fargo. Oh, jeez. What do you fellas got yourself mixed up in? A terrific twisted comedy, says Rolling Stone, from the creators of Raising Arizona. Fargo. I'm cooperating here. Are you sure? Rated R. Now playing at select theaters. This is already a uh, supersized edition of Baby O and Blow, and we got to get you out of here before it's fucking midnight. So let's yeah. jump into this fucking Judgment Day right here. 
Judgment Day is when we go out to the internets to see what you, the people, had to say about the film we were talking about. Who cares? Get a couple of five Ninja Star reviews, a couple of one Ninja Star reviews. We read them. We mock them. We we find out what's ham. Some things are ham. Some things are bangerang. I don't know. We have done a good fucking sound effect. Either way, I got uh, one Ninja Star review here. Uh This one is from an IMDb user named Patheticinema, where it's sort of like the word pathetic, but then the C also then goes into the word cinema. Patheticinema. (laughs) You got no idea. Not even waiting. Wait till you hear this guy. Not even waiting. Being clever. This guy might be the mayor of Hamville. Patheticinema says, Goodness me! It's De Niro and Pacino in the same movie. Goodness me. I am excited by this. Oh my goodness. Can this be true? Golly gosh, goodness me. I must be dreaming. I have laid awake for years dreaming of a feature that contains these two actors. Goodness me. Shame that the actual movie is dull as dishwater. It crawls along like a turtle with leg problems. Still, at least we have De Niro and Pacino together for the first time since they were together the last time. Goodness me! Golly gosh, goodness me, in fact. I shall now run around my house declaring a national holiday. I shall call the day Goodness Me Day. We shall all now get down on one knee and proclaim Goodness Me to the wonder of this movie. One Ninja Star from IMDb user Pathetic Cinema. I thought you said the eight-foot-tall golden gay guy from uh, 300 didn't talk. Ham. Ham. What the fuck is that goodness me shit? Who is he attacking with that? Who does he think talks like that? Weirdest review I found by far. I had to fucking include that one up. This next one I included because it was a similar theme that I saw popping up in a lot of the One Ninja Star reviews. A lot okay. of people felt this way. It was a, one of the big criticisms a lot of people had why they didn't like this movie. This All righty. One, one Ninja Star from a letterbox user named K. Pars, who says, I'm confused as to why this is so well-reviewed. I couldn't even finish it. Nothing for me here. Didn't enjoy the way it looked or sounded, was written or acted. The female characters are just moody accessories for the terribly serious, self-important male leads. Yeah. But that's giving accessories a bad name. I like scrunchies and handbags, and not this movie, one bit. One ninja star from Letterboxd user Kpars, who has stumbled upon a truth here. It's a fucking guy movie, Matt. Yeah. We're talking about a fucking guy movie here. Of course there's no shit for chicks in it. A lot of people were like, oh, there's no stuff for chicks. I hate it. What are you expecting? You don't like the sex appeal of a fucking De Niro's yeah. goatee? Right. That's for Thing you, lady. Great. It was That's for you, lady. Put it out there for you. Jesus. Well, you go to Kentucky Fried Chicken and complain because they don't have any Long John Silver's yeah. fish planks? Yeah. This is a fucking guy movie for guys. Right. You'd be on Spike TV's movies for guys who like movies, probably. <laughs> Right after Ride with Funk you Master Flex. imagine watching this movie with commercial breaks? Oh, my like God. Eight and a half hour endeavor. Oh, oh Lord. My God. Man, I got a couple of five Ninja Star reviews here. People who love the movie Heat. Think oh, it's a right? real classic. 
First one is from a letterbox user named Nick Devlin, who cuts to the chase. Just uh, lays Blanche? it all out right here. Devereaux? Says, back before 9-11, me and the Amen. boys it there. would jump the fence at LAX, put a couple slugs in each other, and hold hands. Simpler times. I mean, I thought that too. Makes me look back. Fucking yeah. five ninja stars from Letterbox user Nick Devlin. Well, yeah, this is this is a nostalgia piece right here yeah. from a time when men were men, and you know things mattered. Being the best, being a pro, things like that mattered. Yeah, thanks, Osama and Obama. Matt, it's our two hundredth anniversary spectacular. It sure is. We weren't going to finish this episode without getting a review from our official Baby Oil and Blow film mm. critic Ivo Cobra Eight. <laughs> Who gave five ninja stars to the movie Heat. And he says, a masterpiece in one of the best action heist movies of all time. Okay. Heat is one of my personal favorite Al Pacino and Robert De Niro action heist movie of all time. That's fair. I love this movie to death. Hmm. This movie has everything. Action, drama, mm-hmm. heist. Mm-hmm. Great cast. Mm. An incredible, realistic, great mm-hmm. performance from Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. Okay. Provides fast and loose action with interesting characters. Mm-hmm. Great action movie. Mm. One of the best for me. Mm. That's uh, seven exclamation points after that. Was. To this day, this movie stands a classic uh, action heist movie of all time. Acting, story, score, everything in here is excellent. This movie has a great plot, brilliant story about two lead characters, a professional master thief, Neil McCauley, Battling Lieutenant Vincent Hanna, LAPD, robbery homicide detective, in this nonstop race against time heist. Two of the best. Michael Mann did everything with this film. He wrote the screenplay, produced this movie, and directed it. Michael Mann is a brilliant director. I love Miami Vice TV series, Manhunter and Collateral. What does the TV series have to do with the... Well, either way. Oh, he launched that movie and directed a bunch of the early episodes. You should check them out. They're high quality. Ooh. This movie is the real heist movie, unlike Point Break and Baby... Oh, taking shots at Point Break. Fuck you, dude. I'm sorry. This movie deserves a 10 because it takes the vision of one of the most imaginative directors on Earth. It realizes them almost perfectly with all the tools to fit the task. Actors and great stunts. Without the vision, this film would be nothing. Nothing. Without the tools, this film would be nothing. Nothing. Al Pacino stars in the film as Vincent Hanna, a relentless lieutenant in the LAPD's robbery homicide division who is determined to take down a high-end robbery crew led by master thief Neil McCauley. Mm. Notable for its detailed depiction of the techniques used by both law enforcement and criminal elements, as well as exceptional and accurate gun handling. This film was first made as the 1989 television movie L.A. Takedown. Wow. He also was reported to have been repeatedly by the High Incident Bandits robbery duo involved in the infamous North Hollywood Shootout. Yep. As depicted in the film 44 Minutes, the North Hollywood Shootout. Yep. Lieutenant Vince Hanna, LAPD robbery homicide detective, was a great character cop. He was at least miles way better than Johnny Utah, whoa, FBI rookie whoa, agent in Point whoa, Break. Whoa, whoa. That movie sucked. Wow, you're fucking losing this here, Ivo Cobra. Christ. Lieutenant Vincent Hanna shoot and killed Michael Chirito, and he saved a child. He cracked a case, and he figured out who the masked robbers Wait, were. Wait, is he shitting on the remake, maybe? <sighs> I hope so. I'm just going to pretend he is yeah, to I, make this no, more palatable. No, you put Keanu Reeves God in the when he said uh, Johnny Utah. He's shitting on fucking the classic. Uh, in the climatic epic battle fight at the end of the film, at the airport field, he shoot and killed Neil McCauley. He destroyed and hunted down McCauley's crew. Two great... Oh, true, two got away, but he always got his man. Mm. Oh, wow. Contradicting yourself there, buddy. Wow. 
He at least didn't let go Macaulay like Johnny Utah did, letting go Bodie, and he did not arrest or shoot or kill any of Bodie's men. He let them all go. Bodie couldn't paddle to New Zealand. Yeah, fucking De Niro couldn't paddle to New Zealand either, as it turned out. Oh, shit. Lieutenant Vincent Hanna is a hero and veteran police officer to me. Neil Macaulay is a professional thief with smart, intelligent, high-profile criminal with no criminal record. That's not true. He did a lot of... Did a time lot of time. Did you even watch this movie? Yeah. He was the mastermind behind the robberies. He knew what he was doing. He was a murderer, and he did what he knew best. He at least wasn't like stupid, dumb, idiot Bodie from Point Break. Oh. He was trying to get away, but he always settled a score with everyone that double-crossed him. Yeah, that's why he didn't get away, because he's yeah. a moron. It is wrong to mess sounds, with him. Sounds to me like uh, De Niro mm-hmm. only lived to give it righteous. <laughs> he didn't good, understand yeah. the spiritual side of things. The spiritual side of fucking... Walking away if the heat's around. By the end, that way, leaded him to his end. He made a mistake when he went after Wayne Grow. Well, that's true, at least. Yeah. This movie also has one of the greatest shootouts in L.A., in which Shaherless, Chirito, Macaulay firing Colt Model 733 automatic rifle on the cops. There you go. Great shootouts. I love it. The movie has great famous cast. Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, mm-hmm. Val Kilmer, John mm-hmm. Boyd, Tom Sizemore, mm-hmm. Ashley mm-hmm. Judd, McKelty Williamson, Ted Levine, Dennis Haysbert, William Fickner, Natalie Portman, Tom Noonan, Kevin Gage, Danny Trejo, Hank Azaria, Martin mm-hmm. Ferrero, mm-hmm. and Xander Berkeley. A lot of famous actors and actresses were extra in this movie. Yeah. This movie focused on a real human characters, that they are ordinary people with normal lives like you and me. What are you talking, like baseball games and fucking barbecues? And, uh, yeah, sickening. That is why I love this film to death. It is realistic performed, and it has no jokes or fantasy or anything. It is real life. I love Al Pacino and Robert De Niro's performance. They both fit the task and accomplish their acting, their characters. Heat is a 1995 crime drama directed by Michael Mann and marked the first on-screen pairing of legendary actors Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. 10 out of 10, my all-time personal favorite action heist masterpiece, Michael Mann film of all time, this movie kicks ass. Five Ninja Stars from Ivo Cobra 8, who's skirting dangerous territory when it comes to remaining the official Baby One Blow film critic with all yeah, that shit talk about Point Break, our favorite movie of, of all uh, time. What the fuck, bro? Said a lot of incendiary things, man. You turn your fucking man. back on us like that, man. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, you can't go doing Catherine that, man. Catherine Bigelow's rolling in her grave. Yeah. Oh, she finally died? Her career did. <laughs> boring three-hour movies now. You know? Matt, let's get into your final thoughts and your Ninja Star rating when it comes to Heat, the crime, L.A. crime saga. Yeah. This movie here. Uh, really good movie, oh, huh? Oh, man. Oh, man, was it. There's some things. I heard things. I heard things. Go see Marvin's room. I would guess it's been 10 years since I last wow. watched this. Wow. Um. Still holds up. Don't mm. get me wrong. Mm. Mm. There are some things that do come across as a little dated now. Oh, no. Soundtrack in particular gets me at times where it's a little too 90s oh, and wow. not in a good way. I like that Manhunter soundtrack. Uh, there's a little bit of the the blue filter that starts to make there's, its way. There was a Moby riff in this thing. You're ripping on the soundtrack? But makes sense here, you know. Uh, I think Moby's too 90s? There's two things, though. Big issues for me. Uh-oh. Red flags. Two hours and 50 minutes. Mm. That's a lot. That's a long fucking movie right there, man. And you can't find a time for ah, titty and all that? Mm. Mm. Good. Not a one? Good call. Hard-boiled, just man movie like this. We're not seeing ah, titty. Thank you. 
You can't you can't have a scene where Wayne Grow when Wayne Grow goes say, to see, the bar. We see Wayne Grow's titties a couple times. Well, when he goes to the bar to find a little work, he's got that swastika Nazi eagle tattooed on him. When he's looking for work, he can't do that at a at a fucking tuck a buck. Yeah. Also, all the diner scenes, like, yeah. uh, have you never seen an action movie when people are getting together to talk about the plot? They do it at a strip club, yeah. not at a fucking diner. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Made me want to bump it down to four ninja stars. Wow. But, mm. God damn that shootout at the end. Wow. It's not a ton of action in this, but the action that's there mm-hmm. is legit. Mm-hmm. It's as spot on as it can get. I don't like De Niro or Pacino. Wow. And, God damn if I don't so we'll love them in this movie. that by the end of this month. I love those two guys in this joint. I can't go any lower Got to bump it up one more half. I love it. Four and a half. Love what we're doing here. Four and a half ninja stars. Four and a half ninja stars yeah. from Meadow. Almost perfect. Very, very similar. Not quite what I was feeling. As good as Point Break is, Mr. Cobra. Yeah, right, right. Very similar to what I was feeling. This movie is a masterpiece of manly guy movie filmmaking. Everybody's hitting. Everybody's at the top of their game. It's stuffed to the brim with all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. I was thinking like four and a half fucking ninja stars. Yeah. Man, there's just maybe too much stuff in here. Maybe it's overflowing. Yeah. Maybe if you get this down to two and a half hours, it's still an epic, but maybe a little uh, better. Yeah, yeah. But then I'm like, what do you cut out though? What do you True. cut out of this movie? Like, Haysbert is really good. But did we need, like, another character who uh, makes a bad choice and gets in his own way? We kind of already had that going on. Doesn't matter. I didn't hate finding out about him. Portman's suicide attempt is uh, pretty affecting, but also we've already established that uh, Pacino's got blood on the hands and he's haunted by the innocent victims of his lifestyle. Did we really need it hammered home again? Yeah, but you get a little bit of the peek up the shorts when she's dying. Am I going to make these calls saying if you cut 10 minutes of that out and 10 minutes of this out and get this thing down to two and half hours it's a better movie that uh i don't i'm not gonna put myself in a position where i can make those fucking calls uh fucking you know this who am i i fucking five ninja stars i'm gonna give this wow this is a two hour and 50 minute movie that i've watched a hundred times in my life i know you watch it at least a fucking once a fucking year have since it came out in 1995 full monty right here wow i'm not gonna poke around in this thing and say that I can make a better heat than Michael Mann made a heat. Fucking sticking with it. Gonna give it to full. I haven't given it to a movie in a while. It feels good. It feels free. It's been a little bit. It's been a while. Oh, good song. Speaking of things hitting two and a half hours, uh, that's our fucking runtime of this podcast just hit two and a half hours right here, so... Let's wrap it up. Uh, We're not going to sit here and listen to you listening to sad Bruce Willis songs. We will look forward to uh, the rest of uh, He's crying now. I'm going to have to talk us out of this thing because he's just fully in the zone of Springsteen. Moving forward, get ready to listen to some sad Bruce Springsteen songs because we got, we got a movie coming up that heavily features him. Maybe our favorite Sylvester Stallone movie of all time. Another Bobby De Niro joint mm. showing up two weeks in mm. a row. That's right. Mm. Fucking we're going to be watching... Copland, motherfucker. Michael Rappaport! Michael Rappaport's Copland next week. Fucking join us right here on the podcast. We're drama kings. We're, we're deep into it. Deep into emotion all this month. Hey, man. Don't just stay sad. It's no. Baby Lone Blow. Stay single. Mm-hmm.
It's a long road when you're on your own, and it hurts when they tear your dreams apart. And every new town just seems to bring you down. Trying to find peace of mind can break your heart. Could use a friend.